Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It is the Migs Cats. My name's Steve Miggs. I'm here with the Reverend in Fuego. Hello. And uh, yeah, Glenn Cannon, everybody. Howdy. Hello, Glenn. Hello, Rev. Hello. Dude, we got to get right into this. <laughs> oh, my god. We gosh. nearly died. <laughs> there was a fire drill here at KISW. We were supposed to start like 20 minutes ago. Oh my god. Yeah, here it is. It's like around 1027. We're like, I'm looking at the clock. Glenn Durley. Rev's ready. He already pooped. I already yeah. got everything loaded up and good to go. Rev already disloaded his stuff. But uh, mm-hmm. I'm like, great. We're going to start early. We're going to bang this podcast out. Get Glenn out of here so he can go to work. And then... Uh, well, there was discussion of just being rebellious and, and taping anyway. <laughs> yeah, and we actually... Some lovely young lady was like, guys, no, yeah. out. Yeah. Oh. We were just sitting in here. We were like, well, we're just going to start a podcast. I don't see anything happening. I, I, I had I thought two options. Either A, because Glenn and I were in the office just BSing, trying to figure out what we're going to talk about. I'm like, either A, we just close the office door. <laughs> oh, that would have been the best idea. Yeah, but I was like, ah, oh, that could get us. Yeah, I don't know. But I was like... Or B, we go in the studio and we're recording. We had no idea. Granted, there's a giant flashing light that is nah. got a word fire next to it. Oh, it does say fire. And then our lovely friend Sage from uh, the broadcast, yeah. Vicky's podcast, uh, who works down the hall as well. She comes and goes, you guys, we got to go down to the 12th floor. We have a fire drill. I'm like, but we're in the middle of recording. And she goes, we got to go down to the 12th floor. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I guess the headphones weren't on. I wasn't anywhere near a microphone. The, uh, I guess my lie was very obvious. <laughs> So the fire alarm goes off, and it's the stupidest thing, because it's like, let's walk down four flights to the, that's the rule, it's like, I guess, whatever floor you're on, you go down four flights to the designated spot, and then you just sit there for like 10 minutes, and then you try and get on an elevator, but everyone's trying to get on an elevator. You can't go back up the stairs, because once the doors close, they're locked, and you can't get back in. Yeah, it's so stupid. It's just dumb. Yeah, I, I was all I was all about climbing back up the stairs. Right. And I'm like, let's do that. And they're like, oh, the doors are locked. I'm like, so I can't access the stairwell now. No. No. Yeah. That's inconvenient. It's an inconvenience drill, not really a fire drill. It's more of an inconvenience drill. <laughs> you know? Plus, it was hot down on 12. Oh, no was, a- yeah. There's no AC in the elevator lobbies, and suddenly there's like 50 people just. Yeah, here's 90 into sweaty it. strangers. I mean, I was about to throw it on a twister mat and get this thing going on, dude. You know? <laughs> I do enjoy, though, that they had the giant, like, industrial fans going. So Glenn's hair is, like, not mine, but Glenn's hair is blowing in the wind. It was like oh, Beyonce. Yeah. Oh, it was. I thought it was a Kip Winger thing, man. Like, it was. I was totally circling. 86 music video going down those stairs. And it was I alone, but did anyone else notice the smoke show that was coming from the stair, the the the, the flight, up, the, the flight, the, the, the floor above us, Mm-mm. the chick in the skirt? Oh, there was a couple, actually. Yeah, but, and I don't want to be that guy, but good oh, guy. I am. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. Damn oh, it. Yeah. I was like... Get that fan it. underneath her. <laughs> she, uh, there, I, I missed it all. I looked up and you could see almost all the way to Munchkinland, so I immediately yes. averted my eyes because I didn't want to be that guy. Oh, I was uh, that but, guy. And then her outfit, her outfit was painted on. I mean, <laughs> Steve's like, hey, Glenn, look. And she, she, come on, man. I'm like, blow harder. She's looking at you, dude. <laughs> I'm like, 
She, she's getting her mace out now, brother. What you're doing is not cool. <laughs> I do not see anywhere where that mace could be. That dress was too tight. I think I'm safe. Yeah, it was kind of painted on. It, it was pretty was. exciting. You know? Oh, yeah. Emphasis on exciting. You know, even even as danger looms, we're all like, hey, man, did you uh, <laughs> Well, hey, if the place is going to burn down, might as well get a good peek, right? The yeah. end of the world. It's time to procreate. <laughs> wow. I think my wife will give me a pass. Sure. <laughs> but, babe, I thought the world was coming to an end. Oh, see, he got his Bruce Willis on, too, for extra effect. He took off his shirt and I his did. shoes, and he's running down the stairs barefoot just to see. Yippee-ki-yay. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Screaming, that's yippee-ki-yay, right. mother blanker. Yeah, man. Yeah. Then we get down, as we're working our way down the stairs, uh. we hit, what, like the 13th floor, mm-hmm. and there's a backup. And there's some jackknob. That's correct. Okay, now I get what you were talking about. He's, he's eating his lunch. What do we do? Right, <laughs> just standing there. And then everybody in front of him is part of their crew, and they're all yakking it up. Watching to... Carl eat his sandwich. Right, yeah. he's just yeah. eating. And I'm like, go, go. I, I even said, excuse me. They didn't move. They didn't move. They I didn't heard you say it. Me. They Interestingly, didn't do anything. I got my hands on the emergency evacuation plan from that floor, and it turns out page 17 is Carl eats a sandwich while others look oh, on and all. Okay, so at least it's they were It's detailed there. Protocol. Subsection three. I, 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 I had to give it back, but I'll get it for you guys. <laughs> okay. So I feel safe now. Way more sense I feel now. way safer. When I saw the sandwich, I knew we were going to be okay. We're know? safe, and Carl is nourished. That's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, so they're just doing that, and then I jokingly go, well, if this was real we're all dead and they glare at me like as if I'm an ass and I'm like you it's probably because you had your shirt and your shoes off playing That's, Bruce Willis man and I did say yippee kaye mother blanker <laughs> and I was yelling Merry Christmas <laughs> wow and then I'm like okay at best third degree burns and they're still I'm like guys and then they get off, so we get off on the 12th floor because that's the floor we're designated floor mm-hmm. for. I don't know what floor they came out of, either 15th or 14th. So whatever it is, they got to go down four flights. So now they're arguing with the security guy at the door, and he's just like, I don't know, just freaking come in. Like, yeah. like, he's just like, just shut up. This is, not, this is not how the drill is supposed to work. Stupid Carl. And the worst part is they, and then they just stop right outside the door. Like, mm-hmm. so you got to like try to like push my fat ass through yep. like on each side of these little hallways. There's one person on each side, like the entire way into the hotel, uh, into the lobby of the this elevator. This is a terrible fire See, I'm drill. I'm just thinking oh, everyone God. that gets one of those orange vests should also get a cattle prod. Because then when they're all, zap, 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 you know, you know, let's just take care of it. Because we're talking about, you know, a herd and you've got to move the herd. Right. I mean, if this know? was supposed to practice for us. In case there was an actual dr- like a we're, fire emergency, we're dead. We are so dead. Yeah, like we are full on charred black. <laughs> I mean, every time I every time we do this, I mean, we're up on the 16th floor anyway. Yeah, so it's just like uh, emergency preparations on an airplane. Like yeah. going back to the, you know the whole Fight Club thing. It's yeah. like, uh, well, water landing at 300 miles an hour. Yeah, yeah. good for us. <laughs> the illusion of safety. Uh huh. No, I say we're all dead, but in all fairness, I would have just forearms to the face. Oh, if yeah. I had to. Yeah, those- move, Carl. I don't care what you're eating. Give me that sandwich. Uh, yeah, grab, uh, yeah, grab Carl and surf him down the uh, flight, flight of stairs. Suck it, Carl, and I'm taking your sandwich. Suck it, Carl. <laughs> I'm That's alive. actually on page 12 of the floor 16 uh, manual. It's, it's See, I told you I read it. suck it, Carl. Everyone's yeah. like, Steve, did you read the manual? I'm like, yes. I mean, acting That's why I tackled 12. that guy and took a sandwich. <laughs> like, I always wonder about that. If it was a legit emergency... 
Do you think everybody's going to walk and be respectful no, of everybody it's be else? No, panic, and people are just going to mow over each other. Right. I've watched enough videos to see that sort of stuff. Well, like, dude, sadly, all those crazy things. Sadly, we saw what happened at the station with the, with the White Snake yeah. show. I mean, that's that to oh, me is man. as awful as it is, but that's that's human nature. We're yeah. all, nobody's walking out it's, calmly. I, I've been in the midst of chaos before, and my really? usual reaction is to just stop because I know everyone's going to gack, and once they're all done making horrible decisions. A, an opportunity will present itself to you. Yeah, you just hope you've got to watch yeah. for them to screw up, and then you will be like, "Oh, okay, no one's crawling out the bathroom window. I'll go there." Well, what, you know, what was the chaos? Uh, that you were a, a couple part of? times in my apartment building, there have been either actual. This was my old apartment building. Either actual fires or fire drills where people didn't know what was happening, and all Jeez. the doors magnetically shut, and people ran and scrambled. Usually, I would just stand in the Jesus. door of my apartment and like, "Well, I don't smell smoke, so I ain't going to freak." And, you know, there were a couple times I climbed out over my balcony and the building's on fire. I'm going back in, going to bed, you know, and, and all, all the units have a thing built in the wall that goes, ank, ank. so I just put duct tape over it, ank, ank. A muffled alarm. <laughs> I just go back to bed, you know? Like, dude, I know it's you've there. irritated I know it's my. Okay, on. so some lady burned her apartment down three floors up, but my cats are upset, and I just want to go back to bed. I'm really hungover. <laughs> is this the apartment 28 days? No, no. This was uh, number 226 that followed number 28. Nothing. Uh, no, the lady next to me did set her, her unit on fire in my old apartment there, too, which was. Geez. all the All the doors faced the outside, sort of in a, I guess, like a circle, if that makes sense. Like, a, like a motel sort of thing going on? Yeah, all the doors faced inward. So when you. You opened oh. your door, you were looking at all the other doors, and it was a big oh, okay. open yeah, terrace, yeah, 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 yeah. if that's the term. But, yeah. but I remember opening my door, and I was super confused, because I was standing inside of a cloud. So I opened my door, and everything was just white. And I'm like, huh. You know, and I looked over, and the terrified woman ran by, and I'm like, well, <laughs> what the hell I, wonder what's, I wonder what's happening, you know, and oh, I smell smoke. Oh, I see. You've Fire. burned your house down. Wait, what did she sound like? <laughs> I was kind of like, but she went by quick. You know, she was like a speed squirrel. You know, she was very upset. You know, and I'm still standing there uber confused, you know. Squirrels are running around. Probably my underwear, probably hung over since it was the apartment 28 days. And then the fire crew showed up and she had like a decorative tea kettle on her stove and had turned on the wrong burner and had reduced Just this tea kettle. Oh, it, it made it like a, oh. a puddle. It turned it into a puddle. But yeah, all I saw was smoke. Um, See, I've never had that experience. The closest thing we had was uh, we almost lit the the carpet on fire with incense, geez, but it just bur- almost it, well, it just burned a streak into it. But it wasn't it wasn't it didn't catch anything. So that was the only thing that we've ever had. Yeah. And I don't think God. I've ever set anything on fire. I'm glad because my wife doesn't know how to work a fire extinguisher, and I don't even think she knows where it is. And oh, there goes the fire alarm yeah, again. We're recording. We're not this leaving. Time. We're Put safe. tape over it. Put yeah. tape over it, man. <laughs> that gets- light's not flashing. Can I borrow your hat, bro? We're just gonna hang it. Yeah, right on. Wait, we got that silver hat right there. We can make yeah. That's oh, a giant cowboy. What are you hat? talking about? Yeah, we fixed that. That's yeah, right. That. There's no alarm. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. That's right. We're safe. We're safe. Oh wait, there. That woman just ran by, Glenn. Do you hear her? <laughs> there he is. <laughs> now, I asked, people are probably like, wow, Steve's very aware of what where Glenn used to live. Uh, but Glenn's band, Windowpane, not on this record, but on the Daybreak record, you have a song called The Number 28, yes. which is based off of- It was literally named after my old apartment. Oh, God. Yeah. Of course, this is very lo-fi, but this is like, I'll give you guys a taste of what this is. Which is one of my favorite songs off of oh, the Daybreak record. You, we still play it live. It's a great tune. This is high fidelity. Yeah. That's the way the record sounds, actually. Yeah. yeah. We were going for that, you know, AM radio. This was your Olympia phase. Yeah, it was sort of a CB. We called it the, the CB, uh, the Olympia phase. We're going to get signed to K Records, guys. Oh, <laughs> well, we got signed. They dropped us. 
We went certified foil, which is 10 units sold. <laughs> they passed you off to the other label, the FUC label. They're like, Kay doesn't want you. doesn't sound bad coming out of your phone like that. I know. It's kind of fun. Yeah. Where squirrels run. That's right. Ah. That lady moved out not long after that, thank God. And this is a song that's just based on the parties that you used to have in the apartment, yeah, right? It, you know, what, what happened was there was a period of time where everyone started throwing after parties after shows. And uh, they were always like, hey, man, you know, so you're going to the after party. Yeah, where's it at? And it was always like, Boffle. And I'm like, dude, we're downtown now. Right. So you want me to drive to Bothell, get hammered, and then drive home later? Why don't we just go someplace nearby? And that eventually translated to, you know what? Just Let's just go to my apartment, man. Well, at least at that point, you can just kick someone yeah, out. And you at kick the time, everyone out and just pass out. Well, no, and I never did. I was like, look, you're safe here. Sleep where you want. In the morning, right. we'll get KFC. It's all good you know plus, <laughs> and when you play a show is it not better to, nothing better especially with you guys you guys wind up being the band that plays last to be able to bask in the celebration of like you know you, usually you play a great show everyone wants to talk to you but it's like oh the club's closing bar yeah, bouncers yeah. are kicking us out well, but now you can still bask in the glory my door was never locked which i know sounds crazy but it was never locked right and a lot of times i would just roll in my apartment and be like oh and there'd be 40 people hey what's up man and then you know somebody like, hey this is glenn's place everyone say hi to glenn oh hey guys <laughs> nothing ever got broken Actually, wow, the first, congratulations. nothing broken, nothing stolen, nothing damaged. The first time I ever met Sean Kinney from Allison Chains, I walked in my door and he was sitting on my couch. <laughs> what? Oh, it's a true story, man. I swear, I swear to God. You know, there was a party going on, and I think he had been at whatever show was. I think you know, and and I rolled in, and you know, there Jeez. he was, and he, literally he went, "Hey, man, is it cool that I'm here?" Sean is a he's yeah, a sweetheart of a guy, and I'm, I'm like, Sean. oh yeah, bro, nice to meet you. And he's like, so I heard this is your place. I'm like, yeah, man, you need a really nice fellow. That was how we first first met. One of the first times I ran into him too was a similar situation. We played like it was like a way back when KSW we did like a hangover ball, one of those events, and we had hotels. Like I think we were in Tacoma or something. Oh yeah. And all of a sudden there's like a, I can't remember if it was my hotel room or one of someone else's hotel room, but the party was happening there. Right. And then I turn around and all of a sudden there's Wes from Puddle of Mud and Sean Kinney. <laughs> and I'm I'm like, because Puddle of Mud played the show, right, but I'm like, right. what the F? And then they were, same thing, both of them. Cool that we're here, man. Both of them were, That's I mean, so I know. so nice. That's so nice, man. It is. You know? And Wes, I know he has his issues and has been in, on TMZ He's quite a, a nice bit. nice guy, actually. One of the nicest rock stars I've ever met. Yeah. And, and, and like, again, I'm not around him when he's probably in his his sad state. Well, um, but, so, you know, sometimes booze. Gets a hold of people. And I'm not going to judge anyone for no, that. No, of course no not. Way. But yeah. I mean, every every encounter I had with him was super nice. And that time was like, I mean, it was cool seeing Wes, but Sean Kenny, he's Allison yeah. Chains. It's like, and he's hanging out partying with super us. Super nice guy. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah, really, really cool guy. Dude, when I was playing in Peter Parker and when I lived as an apartment manager in Lower Queen Anne <laughs> uh, on John Street, the Pittsburgh Apartments. I I don't know why, but I would always like, you know, we would play a show and I'd get progressively drunker and... <laughs> By the end of the show, I know why. alcohol. <laughs> and there were a few times okay, yeah. where as the show ends and there's noise, there's chaos on the stage, we were like obviously influenced by Nirvana and The Who. Usually the, the stage was just wreckage, like drums everywhere. The singer Matthew would usually throw himself into my kit. And I, it was always just chaos, right? 
we were like, hey, if we can't play well, we might as well just destroy the stage and people will remember well, I, us. as a singer, it's like, I'll break other people's stuff, because as a singer, right. I don't have stuff. Yeah, right? Like, sorry <laughs> about your Tom. I tore my jeans, though. Like, bro. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Not cool. So like, then there's all the chaos, and we're saying goodbye. I jump on the mic and be like, oh, by the way, if anybody wants to keep partying, uh, <laughs> like, whatever the, ad- I can't remember the address. It was like one something, uh, John Street, come on down, hang yeah. out with us. And sure as that, and granted, not a lot of people, but like a dozen, maybe sure. 20 people all of a sudden are Which coming. Which in an apartment is a lot, actually. Okay, yeah. So a question for both of you guys then, since you just have these random parties where yeah. you invite anyone, what's the toilet paper situation like with that? Because, I mean, it can't, like... I don't you, think anyone comes to poop. We've never... Oh, well, I'm just these saying things that happen, things happen, man. though. Yeah. Like, you've been yeah. drinking, and I know that you'll I get, can remember getting caught standing in my bathroom urinating into empty bottles. And they're like, Glenn, what are you doing? I'm like, man, the people that are in the bathroom won't come out of the bathroom. So I had to make a decision. Yeah, I mean, just like... <laughs> I don't know, like, honestly. People, I don't know what happened. Yeah. You would just have a bunch of people, and then you'd go in the next day, I mean, taking care of business after a night of heavy drinking. I, I never ran that. out of teepee. I mean, yeah. a, a lot would get used. A lot would get used, I would just figure it'd just be gone. No, you might... I, I Back then, I had a thing for stealing toilet paper from the radio station. <laughs> I know about that. When I was a security guard, awesome. I was doing it, that. Yeah, it was a lot easier. I used to be able to just open the thing up, and I'd walk home with like four rolls. <laughs> oh, dude. But I don't remember, to be honest with you. I don't remember ever being an issue. For all I know, they were using my towel, and I just never oh, even thought about no. it. Sorry. Oh, Far oh. alarm. Uh, <laughs> well, we just want you to be okay, man. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The next day, he's drying off after a shower. Like, right? oh, that's strange. Why, why do I have shower? pink eye after every yeah. Peter Parker show? <laughs> Damn it. What are these strange sores? But I remember one time, this is a very embarrassing story. I think I've shared it at some point, but I remember I... We invited these girls. These girls came back too, and I wound up hooking up with one of these girls. And I remember being like, oh, oh, "Brother," and it was very awkward because it was like we first started making out in the kitchen, and that was like secluded from the rest of the apartment. Mm-hmm. But then all of a sudden, people wanted to come in the kitchen because at any party, everybody to wants to. That you know, what? I didn't think about it. We should have kept the show going. Everybody loves to party in the kitchen because that's where the alcohol is, I guess. Usually, yeah. So I'm like, let's go into the bedroom. But my bedroom was physically attached to our living room. It was a sliding like French door that it was like oh. it was like a bedroom kinda. But I think more people used it as like it was like an office. Okay, yeah, but, yeah. You know, we had we had two bedrooms, quote unquote. My roommate he had the one that was tucked away, so he could just kind of dip out, and no one would notice. So if I ever wanted to dip out, it was very awkward because everybody's in the living room. So I'm like, excuse me, guys, hey, the slides just going in here to take care of business. <laughs> so, All right. So I'm like, yo, you. I'm like, you want to keep this going? She's like, yeah, of course I want to keep this going. And I'm like, you go dip into the into my room and just just kind of walk in like you don't like and don't even do anything. Don't even look at anyone. Just go in there and kind of hide. And I, then I'd slowly walk in and be like, I'm going to shut it down, guys, and just close the door. And I'm like, okay, now it's getting all hot and heavy. Things are going on. But she was like, she, I, she, right. was she a screamer? No, but she was. I was really stoned. She was a choker. Wait, what? So she choked you? Or? Yes. Really? And I've never had that happen. I've before. never had that happen. It's very weird, especially when you're really stoned. That's incredible. I was stoned. I mean, pa- I think. <laughs> no. In a Michael Hutchins kind of way. <laughs> I like that. I like that. No. <laughs> not for me. I'm not into those weird things that get me choked. Well, I don't know I don't if it would be or anyone. not. I think I'm into this. I'm trying to put the. Ma- yeah, okay. go, go, go. No, go. no. Yeah. So here's. So she's on top, and nothing. We're not naked yet, but we're like getting there. And so we're like, things are going on. Where maybe she wanted to, like, you know, sing into the microphone. And then <laughs> all of a sudden, her hand is working her way up to up my chest and to my neck. And now she's like, kind of has it around my neck. And I think she's trying to like assess the situation. How is Steve going to react to the fact that I'm so into wait, choking? Wait, wait. She was 
right. performing right. below. Right. And, and reaching choked. up. Wow. While I'm on the bed. That's like a Statue of Liberty play at that uh, yeah. point. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. I'll never look at Lady Liberty the same way again. That Lady Liberty's a That's whore. That's a sexual position now. Oh, dude, we did a little Lady Liberty and then went into doggy. Uh, downward facing onion. It was incredible. <laughs> and then the blooming onion. Wait, no, we ate the blooming onion at yeah, Outback Steakhouse. grown man cry. My bad. Okay, so. So now she's doing, like, lightly applying pressure. Mm. And I'm like, I'm stoned. I'm starting to get paranoid. I'm like, oh my gosh, she's, she's trying, trying to, to choke me. Yeah. I'm like, I don't like this. So then I grab her hand and romantically just pull it off of my throat and put it onto my hip. I'm like, all right, I think I've established that I don't like this. Still going on and slowly but surely her arm. Oh, that was like a thing. She wanted the choking, dude. Right. Now she's starting to put a little bit more pressure on. Now I'm thinking... I think she's going to kill me. Oh, man. Stone brain working right. over time. I am now stressing. I'm like, do I allow this? I'm like, this is really cool. Is this how I want to go out? Or? Right. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, look, Peter Parker was not known for getting groupies. So I'm like, I've got the groupie situation going on. And she's going to kill me. But she's going to kill me. Which, do I want to just kind of accept, you know, you know, whatever. Is this, is this how I'm going to go? Maybe right. I'm okay am with Am I cutting this? my losses? What am I doing here? Is the loss my life? So I, again, pull her hand off and put it, and now I'm holding it. And then it starts getting, I'm like, I forget. And let go, and then sure as that. Now it goes up again, third time. I'm like, now I'm like, she's trying to kill me. Now I'm getting mad. <laughs> so see, I can't tell whether or not it's awesome or frightening. I'm leaning towards awesome. I think right. awesome now, frightening then. Well, that was just the weed. If you'd have been Jack Daniels, you'd be like, choke me, make me yours. Yeah, yeah. both hands. That's what whiskey does. Both hands. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. you know? I'll prop you up. Don't worry. Put on this wrestling mask. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever done the Lucha Libre? <laughs> yeah, wow. Exactly. So now I grab her hand and I, because in my head, I'm like, if she tries to kill me, <laughs> nobody outside will think anything of it because they'll think that, oh, Steve's getting it on. Things are getting loud in there. You yeah. know, and she's murdering him. Like, right. as you're thrashing and furniture breaking. Because I hear everybody out there laughing, music playing. I'm as like, you're nope. dying. Right. As I'm being <laughs> attempted murder is going on. Oh, man. And there's a, just a French door separating <laughs> life from death. <laughs> and no one's going to come in. There's no I'm picturing salvation. him bursting out to the party naked and crying, you know, just She's terrified. to kill me. Close. Oh, no, yeah, okay, go Oh, close. no. So now I finally just hit the breaking point. I grab her hand. I go, look, I know you're trying to kill me. You need to go. <laughs> wow. She's like, what? She was probably very surprised by that. Just a tad. She's like, what? I'm like, let's just come on. Let's call it what it is. You're trying to choke me. I can't do this. I can't do And this. I go, I need for you to leave. And now she's like pissed because, oh, you know, yeah. oh, yeah, you ruined the moment. Work. She thinks that this is hot and heavy. <laughs> and she's got Stevie the psychopath thinking that she's trying to kill him. Wow. So she's like, See, Weed isn't always good, brother. No, no. Not, especially back then. There wasn't like any kind of strain designation. I didn't know if I was indica or sativa-ing. I you think would was, smoke pure paranoia. Yeah, it was the paranoia strain. So she gets her, you know, everything. She gets her up. In, in a huff. In, slides open that door in a hurry and just storms out. And of course, everybody sees this. And they're all like, whoa! What'd you do, man? Did you go for anal? She was trying to kill me! She grabs her other (laughs) friend. They storm off. And one of my buddies is like, why? I was putting in work. Now everyone's looking at me like, what the hell is going on? And that increases the paranoia. And I look at everybody and go, look, 
She was trying to kill me. <laughs> oh, jeez. He just straight up went there. Oh, Look, everybody. Oh. She's trying to murder me. I'm just letting you all know we've got a serial killer on the loose. Right. Someone needs to call the cops before they get away. Oh, my God. Everyone starts laughing. They're like, what are you talking about? I go, she's trying to choke me. They're like, well, you know, there are women that are into that. Dude. I'm like, give me a beer. <laughs> and that was the last time I invited anyone over to her house. I'm picturing her at shows afterwards where guys are whispering to each other and then they kind of scurry away and she can't figure out why no dude will go near her for a million bucks, you right. know? Yeah. That's that girl who tried to kill Steve, man. What? Yeah, dude. And you know what? That might have she happened. She had a knife to his throat. You know how it escalates, yeah, right? right? She had a gun in his rectum. It was crazy, man. He was crying. They had to hospitalize him. The telephone you know? game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. She exactly. fired, It gets worse. She cut off three of his fingers, bro. She tried to blow. <laughs> his butthole up, but luckily the gun jammed. Oh my god. No? <laughs> Man, that was... <laughs> oh, I'm, uh, oh right. dude, that was a big joke for a while, too. <laughs> Nothing like that ever happened at the number 28. I'll just throw that out. No? <laughs> I feared death more than one. I used to have what I called the white light orgasm, where what you'd partied so hard, and it was now 6am, and you're getting your thing on, and uh-huh. when I would arrive... I, I could feel the Reaper standing at the end of the bed like, this is the night, bruh. <laughs> you know, and Ooh. I would, oh, yeah, because my heart was, you know, and I'm just, I used to call it the white light orgasm, man, because it's like, I might check out, yeah. I've had those, like, where I've gotten so messed up, I've passed out. Does all this need to be censored? I'm just writing stuff down just in case. No, I think we're safe. I think the closest I've come is the butthole part, but I think even that's okay. I write him. I just write him I down. I just looked up and saw Rev yeah. writing, and I was like, "Oh I man!" I write him down so Steve can figure it out. Episode afterwards. two was beep free, but episode one there was two beeps, and yep. they were both mine. Yeah. And I was surprised by well, one just of getting them. Getting in the yeah. groove, yeah. you know, you're becoming a professional now. So can you say organism? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you fine. You're, everything you said was fine. All right. Nothing you said was bad. Okay. Hey, look, this gonna, morning, this morning we played Minnie date rape a, by Sublime. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm going to do? Big, I'm which I think it's the weirdest thing. Date yeah. rape because there's a line in the song that I was once butt raped by a large inmate, and I'm like, I don't ever, I would never feel comfortable saying that on the radio. But if I sang it, I guess it's okay. Do you guys? There's here's a question for you because I think with uh-huh. Maynard, Maynard gets a bit of marble mouth going on. You can't tell what he's singing. Yeah. yeah. But there is a lyric in Prison Sex, yeah. which I don't think you guys have played in a while. But I've heard Prison Sex on the radio and it wasn't edited. And there is a lyric in there that's like, bro, if you knew what he was singing, oh, I yeah, guarantee yeah, 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 you, you yeah. it would be just is that the dead S, S P and C, yeah, S blood and C on my hand, yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's like, well, and I'd hear it, and because all you hear, yeah. you know, and it's like, wait, whoa, like, whoa, 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 it, uh, hang on, yeah. <laughs> the uh, the sound garden, the sound guard where the dogs are shedding, oh yeah, I'm like, that's not what, that's not the term that is used ever. I'm like, that's not shedding, right? There's a but. few songs. Where there's a couple of uh, Alice and Change. I remember downstairs they were playing Heaven Beside You, and they weren't editing out the F word oh, when I used to work there. Finally, somebody really? realized it and was like, "Just like we've been playing this song and it's saying well, and it, that's F." It, it, it'll vary. Like you hear Jeremy sometimes, and you will get the word out. Can I say the? Oh, you can bleep it. Okay, so breast, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. And fine. sometimes you'll hear it, and sometimes it's censored. And I'm like, really? Uh, I know. Different it, radio stations, too, because I remember yeah. the Harvey Danger song, uh, uh, Flypole Sitta. They had goddamn. The, the Goddamn, it'll be, because that song got played everywhere. On pop music, and mm-hmm. that's where a lot of them, yeah. Like, yeah, the radio edits are so weird the on some songs. The first three of uh, 
the Everlast tune or the Whitey Ford oh, sings the yeah. blues. Verse three of that, that censorship what it's varies. Like. Yeah, because yeah. he'll say pulled out his Chrome forty five, and some stations you hear that. Mm-hmm. Other stations pulled out his and it dead. And you're it's like, wait, weird. what happened to him? Right. <laughs> what, what happened? What did he pull out? <laughs> Cliffhanger. What did he pull out? He pulled out a can opener and fell on it. Oh, did he not impregnate her? Is that what we're talking about? What is this? <laughs> it's weird, man. The whole song, that whole. The date rape song makes me feel uneasy. I know that the song is about a guy who's a douche. And he, well, and, and listen, look at what happened to you. No wonder you feel uneasy. I mean, you almost were right, taken by, out one time. like And not by a large inmate, by a very attractive blonde, but, you know. It's <laughs> now it's kind of working for me. I, I, I don't know, man. You want me to connect you with her? Well, is this getting you all hot? I'm married. If I can get my wife to take the pictures, all right. All right. I think that's, yeah. that's not cheating if she's there to take the pictures. Yeah, choke me and call me Susan. I'm, I'm good it. with it. Don't <laughs> tell my friends what we've done. I love where I'm this. We have a t- newlyweds in the studio. <laughs> Welcome oh, to Married Life. We have Megan and Nick, and we're talking. Congratulations! Yeah, right Nick. On. These are some tactics that Megan. I don't know if you knew this, but if you take the pictures, it's not cheating. You know, we're going to ask if you've ever been inclined to choke Nick. No. No. Nope. <laughs> what, what about in a non-sexual way? No. <laughs> yeah, strangle. Yes. And for those that listen to the Migs cast, this is the sorry. Jester. The I'm Jester sorry. is in the room. Hello, fellas. It's good to see you, my man, and good congratulations. You Thank you so much. They just got married. Saturday. Like, this morning. Oh, wow, congrats. Yeah. Rev did it in the, uh, in the booth During over the there. During the fire drill. Right, yeah, right, in the right fire for drill. the fire drill. Yeah. Yep. And then Carl took a sandwich and ruined everything. I yep. know, man. Yep. Well, you should have taken. I saw cake down on twelve. If we don't want one more floor. <laughs> well, congratulations, you guys! Yeah, Thank congratulations. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Very, very cool. Uh, wedding went well. Wedding went fantastic. I saw the picture. You looked dapper. Where did you guys do it? Uh, we did it at Megan's dad's house. Oh, nice. Yeah, nice. He, he's had a little bit of acreage out in Monroe. Uh, we did nice. a pig roast for the food too. Oh, that so, sounds oh, killer. Did you cook man. the pig in the dirt? So he's got an above ground rotisserie. Oh, jeez, and he's hardcore. It was, he smoked that sounds everything. like heaven. Oh, yeah, right? So I got to spend the night there uh, Friday night because I didn't want to see her at all on Saturday before she walked down the aisle. I did that, that was the one thing that too. I wanted to yeah. do. Same with me. Yeah, yeah. so I yeah. stayed uh, it's cool. I, I stayed in the Plus, trailer. Plus, I had a couple of whores coming over. And I thought it was awkward. <laughs> the choker was coming. Yeah. 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 Wow. Oh, uh, we stayed and he, uh, I helped uh, pick it apart and we put it all in bins to get it ready and I think we've got like, God, I want to say 40 pounds left that's over at her dad's house. He's like, oh, it, every time, yeah, he's like, every time you come over, we got sandwiches, man. Oh, that's yeah. yeah. That's great. Oh, it was a blast, though. And the leather house, sound Saturday was a real pretty day. Wasn't it was. It? it was kind of. It, it rained really early in the morning, and I wasn't expecting it, so I left my shoes outside the trailer, oh, and I left wait, them. The sunny. shoes that you were gonna wear? No, not the ones that I wore. Oh, thank so God. Okay, I was gonna yeah. say that's no, really rough. I left man. them sunny side up too, so I get out and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm getting married today. They're they're kind of all giving me crap. Like, come on, get up. It's ten o'clock. We gotta set stuff up. So I I step out the trailer, put my shoe, and all I feel is. I was like, oh, no, it rained. It's a bad sign. <laughs> yeah. So, But we got everything set up, and it got really nice right at the end of the nice. day. Nice. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Only I'm glad thi- the weather was cool The only guys. hiccup was, I'm looking that's at- That's I was about to say, any mishaps. N- no always, mishaps. Okay. But uh, we're getting ready to uh, start the ceremony, and everybody's finally showing up. And uh, it was, we started at 6 o'clock, and we're in Monroe. And you were just at Evergreen Speedway. Yeah. We were just in the... He's got the acreage behind the Speedway. Oh, gosh. So, racing starts every Saturday at 6. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm like, hey, 
I can start to hear qualifying right now. Yeah. <laughs> and these were the loud, these were the, uh, the wing sprints, right? Yeah, yeah, it was the wing sprints and it was the figure eight nationals. Uh-huh. So these were just, these were loud. Tell me vehicles. you quieted down for the ceremony. The wind changed direction so and we hear couldn't them. hear anything oh, as soon that's as so the cool. ceremony All right. started. Yeah, so it's not official. Official. My heart just sank. Like I'm picturing her, it's her day. Yeah. And do you. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you know, I'm just, yeah, I'm so glad. Oh, no, everything, so cool. it, it was, everything yeah. worked out so perfect. <laughs> that would have been such a drag. <laughs> no, Do you it, take it's the oval track, not drag. Yeah. Right, 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 right. <laughs> well, the drags, you could time it. Yeah. Do this fast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Before they stage the next car. Yeah. Dude, that is, well, congratulations, you guys. Yeah, That's so awesome. Guys. Very, very right cool. Um, I want to talk about something about real quick before we go around the room, see how everyone else is doing. Uh, something very exciting is happening in my world in just a couple of days. Yes, mm-hmm. I'm meeting up with the Joker again. No, um, <laughs> you guys. Sweet, my I, wife wants to come film it. Actually, she texted me. <laughs> Tony's like dot dot dot. I think it's hot. Dot dot dot. Hope you're ready. Count me in. Yeah, <laughs> um, I am going to have an opportunity to interview one of the most important bands in my entire life, Pearl Jam. Yeah, and I know we've interviewed wow. Mike McCready before. We've had Stone on. I've had an opportunity to speak to Matt. I've had an opportunity to speak with uh, Jeff. How I played in that flag football game with Mike and Jeff. Mm-hmm. But one guy who I've we've had the opportunity to talk to on the phone. Both I've had it with here on uh, BJ Miggs many 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 years ago, and also had an opportunity when I was working with Andy Savage oh, yeah. many 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 years ago. Is Eddie Vedder, and I am going to be in a situation where I am going to be face to face. With a man whose lyrics, I mean, how we do this so many times on our podcast, yeah. I, I, I talk about when times are tough, whenever, I'm, even when times are good, I look to the music of Pearl Jam for inspiration. And this is, I when I found this out, and obviously, who knows what's going to happen in the next couple of days, maybe it won't happen, but- Oh, if, I hope, it, I'll, I'll cross the fingers and yeah. burn the sage that it goes through, man. Mm-hmm. It'll go through. And and I mean, we'll obviously run some of it on BJ and Migs, but- uh, However much time I get, which could be maybe a minute, could be five minutes, I don't know. It's going to be like a weird thing where I'm not going to have a ton of time, but we'll be sure to run it on the, on the Migs cast as well next week. What's the, uh, I mean, what's the purpose of the interview? What's the occasion? And this is the part that's going to be, it's, it's very, very intense. In fact, uh, this morning, I'm glad the timing was right. If you would have walked into, the, into my office... Uh, you would have seen me in complete tears, like bawling tears. Oh, wow. Uh, the guys in Pearl Jam are a part of this movie about Steve Gleason. Now, Steve Gleason used to play for the New Orleans Saints. Some of you might know the name because he's from Spokane. Um, he is uh, a guy who had a great football career. Uh, in fact, there's a statue of him blocking a punt in New Orleans outside cool. of the stadium because it was the, the blocked punt that brought the uh, spirit of the city back after Hurricane Katrina. Oh, wow. So okay, yeah. he's forever, forever loved in New Orleans for that blocked punt. But Steve, a few years ago, was, uh, and, and this was going to hit home with uh, the, you guys in window pain because you have a big benefit show that's happening this upcoming weekend. Uh, he was hit with Lou Gehrig's disease, ALS, mm. uh, a few years ago. How old of a guy is he? Uh, he's got to be about like 36, maybe 35, 30, maybe uh, maybe close to 40. He might, Actually, I think terrible, he's closer man. to 40. I think he was diagnosed at... 34, and it was four years ago. Uh, and his story is unbelievable. Um, he has Team Gleason, which are, raised so much money and awareness for ALS. Like, it's one of the, uh, he's uh, became friends with Mike McCready throughout all this. Mike McCready helped score the film, which is called Gleason, which has been uh, at Sundance. It's going to be here in Seattle on Friday, uh, a bunch of other places as well. And it's about his story. Uh, and so he gets diagnosed. After he gets diagnosed, he finds out his wife is pregnant. Oh, man. So 
for those that don't know what ALS is, and I don't know how much you might know more than yeah, me. Well, I all I know is it's a disease that I mean, your I, life I, is I, it's I going it, to be shortened. I'm not. I don't want to say it attacks your nervous system. I just know that yep. basically over time you lose mobility. It starts sort of one limit of time, and then you end up at a point where you have no mobility. You're just done. And um, you can't even, like, he can't even speak anymore. Yeah. He it, went it from. It just takes you completely all the way down. Um, yeah, it's really, really, it's a powerful and, and tragic and, thing. And it's know, not a genetic. It'll, it'll strike people down. And it's not genetic, from what I hear. It's, it's It could hit anybody, which is terrifying. I mean, and, and he's one. So. Right now, yeah, you go from being a safety for an NFL team, I to, mean, at the top of the world, to now being in a, a wheelchair, and the only way he can speak is, thank God for modern technology, and Bill Gates, and people in Microsoft have created this um, software and this ability for him to be able to speak with his eyes, he can trigger things on this tablet. Wow. Where he Damn. can, I mean, but that it, gives you an idea of. We're talking about motor skill loss. It gives you an idea. It's it's total. It's mm-hmm. it's yeah. total. Your your body is shut off, but your mind is still in there. Right. So he's yeah he's in a body that doesn't work, but a mind that completely works just fine. Mm-hmm. And so he finds out he's going to have a kid. So he decided that he wanted to film a bunch of stuff over these years, so that way hours and I mean hundreds of hours of footage as a way of his kid being able to. You know, see what dad was like before this, because his kid's now four. Oh, wow. Uh, it's, it's so heavy. And <laughs> yeah. so I watched, if, if you want to, nobody wants a good cry, obviously. But if you want to see, I've never seen a movie trailer bring me to tears. Like, um, like not just welled up eyes, like straight up bawling. That's how powerful this trailer is. Let alone, I don't even know what the movie's going to be like, but the yeah. trailer is about that. So the music of Pearl Jam's used in it, Given the Flies in the trailer. Um, so... I don't know if you guys remember when uh, Lightning Bolt came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a bunch of different, like Judd Apatow, Carrie Brownstein from actually from Olympia Slater Kinney, mm-hmm. um, and interviewed the band. That's how they did their media. They didn't do the conventional way, which is always something that I've respected and loved about Pearl Jam is that they don't do things the way that people tell them to do it. They do things the way that they want to do it. And I think that's why they're still a band 20 oh, plus it years. It has a lot by. to do with their success even back in the day with the yep. conventional videos and stuff like that and they, they really had to fight like I know Michael Goldstone fought because they didn't want to do concept videos they're like no we'll do performance videos and that's right. why even flow and alive were what they were they finally did Jeremy which was magnificent but that was the whole thing it's like dude if you want a video from us cool come film us at the more right because that's what's up right we don't want to um, do this and that was at the time it was like no 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 and that they they've always been that kind of a band where they're like man you know we're gonna do things this way and I think they you know, were fought at a lot of levels by the industry, oh, yeah. but hey, they came out on top every time because it was, you know, unique and therefore brilliant. And and, and it was true to who they are as exactly. human beings. And yeah. I mean, how do you not respect that? As crazy as it was at the time, MTV was playing music videos yeah. and that was the way that people <laughs> found out about your band. Oh, That's how like, I found out. You're about not going to do a concept video. Absolutely not. Film is playing live. Right. Oh, and we don't want to use the album audio. Use the live audio as well. Right. You can't yeah. do that. Yeah. yeah. Watch us. Right. And you know, yeah. That's so. real to us. We don't mm. want to be that band that's lip syncing our own song yep. in front of a video camera. That just doesn't seem right. It's not pure. Um, so they've been involved with this with with Team Gleason for quite some time. Um, I got a piece of the trailer. Uh, I, I do want to play it just to give you guys an idea um, of just how powerful it is because there's some really. This is the part that is like I'm so excited to talk to the guys in Pearl Jam. Obviously, I would love to talk to them about Pearl Jam stuff, 
but there's nothing I want to talk to them more about than this relationship that they have with Steve Gleason. Uh, so I'm sure there's going to be some people like, well, you ask them questions about music. I don't know if I will. I probably won't. I don't think, well. It's not about what. Yeah, I just can't imagine people being that. I know. Dense, you know what I mean? You'd hope not. But yeah, there are dense people not. in this world no matter what. <laughs> um, but I, I, I want to talk about, I mean, and this is probably going to be my first, I don't even know if it's a question. I'm definitely going to pull Chris Farley and be like, you guys are cool. Um, <laughs> but it's going to be, I don't know if there, and Glenn, I think you can uh, uh, attest to this. Um, Rev as well. I think well, the three of us, we do things creative, right? Yeah. Whether it be in front of a microphone, whether it be on a stage with a guitar. For me, you know, I've had the opportunity to be in a band and also in, you write songs. And Glenn, more than, I never wrote a song. I wrote like one line to a Peter Parker song and that was it. And I was like, I'm done. I'm good. <laughs> but, you know, you put your heart out there. And I think at the end of the day, obviously we want to find success in our creative outlets. But more than anything, I, I don't know about you, and maybe I'm speaking just for myself, I want to inspire. Like, that's oh, why yeah, I do this podcast. You know, I know for me, the underlining theme of this podcast is we're all dealing with some effed up S in our lives. Can we find a positive way to spin it? Can we find yeah. a way to, you know, inspire those that are dealing with crap to have a good day? Or at worst, uh, at least create an escape. Like if I can give you four minutes away from anything, yeah. that's a total victory. Or in this case, two hours away from anything. <laughs> give you comfort yeah. in knowing that, hey, oh, like, I, I mean, forgot all about all my problems for two hours because I was listening to these guys talk about not making it to the toilet. Right. And, you know, and, and honestly, <laughs> you know, as lowbrow as that is, if that gave you a break from whatever you're dealing with, then mission accomplished. And, and I know, in, in my world, it's like, you know, I mean, I think it's good for us to all know that we're battling depression. We're battling insecurities. We're battling these things. So for whatever it is that your creative outlet is, if you can inspire, oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So here you have Steve Gleason, who is inspiring so many with it's his incredible. story. And where does he find his inspiration? Pearl Jam. That, to me, as an artist, has to be Mecca. I can't imagine how those guys would feel. In, in the face of that, you know what I mean? Like, that's incredible. It's it's humbling, I would imagine. Yeah, like, very humbling, I would think. Right. They're not going to be like, yeah, this is awesome. We, we no, do this. The, but the, you know, you look at that individual and what that person's going through, and they say, oh, well, you guys are what? <sighs> wow. Yeah, the gravity of that, I, I can't even fathom that. That's incredible. So let's listen to a little bit of the trailer. Uh, there's a part in it that I, I think is the, the most powerful thing you'll ever hear, at least in my eyes today. I've been having some strange medical issues going on recently. I have been diagnosed with amyotrophic lateral sclerosis. This disease is almost always fatal. My first reaction was, he's telling me this, but I don't necessarily believe what he's That's saying. That's his wife. God, if you have some control over this, then save me. I don't want Michelle to be here by herself. I am making a video blog for you, my child. My intention is to pass on as much of who I am as I possibly can to you. I'm going to be around, buddy. Until you are able to stand on your own. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be awesome. I believe my future is bigger than my past. That part right there, my future is bigger than my past. Well, even Damn. just listening to the audio, you hear his uh, speech Changing. deteriorate. I mean, he goes from being this uh, able-bodied monster on the field to... Yeah. To that, and then interviews Pearl Jam. He's now at the point where he can't speak, so he's doing everything with this tablet. Where you, I think he has prearranged questions, but he's able to respond rather quickly. Which is pretty incredible. It, I mean, the fact that Bill Gates and Microsoft have able. I mean, I, 
I don't even know how to like. I mean, I don't even know how to fathom how that is even created. Like, you know what I mean? But that's like part of what Team Gleason is trying to do is that this is not your standard form of medicine for other people. Like, you know, we have insurance, but for them, that is a huge thing to be able to communicate, to be able to still, yeah, you know, and. So I, I grabbed a couple clips from that interview that, and if you have a chance, it's an hour long, but it's so good. It's the best interview you'll ever hear with Pearl Jam because what he's done, because I, they, they realize just the gravity of everything, like, you know, the power of what their music has done for this. I mean, I don't have anything in common with Steve Gleason. I don't know how to play football. I, I mean, you guys have seen you guys me try. Have the first same name. We do have the same first name, but one thing we do have in common is we're both obsessive, yeah. passionate Pearl Jam fans. Right. That's the common ground. And... That's got to be, for guys like Eddie and Stone and Mike and Jeff and Matt, I mean, how powerful to know that you can help somebody who's going through worse crap than any of us have to deal with, but somehow he still finds happiness and comfort because of their music. So his interview brings out a vulnerable side of Pearl Jam that you will never, ever get. Oh, from, I can only imagine. Yeah, I can only imagine. I mean, Eddie's crying at some point talking I about his- I can only imagine. His yeah, relation, you know. He gets him to talk about his relationship with his father. Oh, wow. I mean, it's just- because Steve's like, look, I'm making these videos so that my kid will always remember me. Um, for you, for Eddie, he doesn't have any memory of his dad because his dad passed. Uh, and it was just such a great moment. But I grabbed a couple fun parts. Um, and the crazy thing is you'll hear his voice. It's a robotic voice. But he went into a studio for like, in, and I think I mentioned it in the second clip, but for like an entire summer of just recording his voice. Oh, wow. So he can... So his yeah, computer yeah. voice is his, voice. his voice. I mean, it's it's you could tell it's, no, it's computery, but, still, but yeah. it's his voice. Wow, how cool is that? I guess thousands and thousands of sentences. He, it's. I'm watching this, dude. I didn't even want to do the show this morning. <laughs> I'm like in the yeah. studio and in the office. I rolled into his office and he was hitting the handle of vodka, and I couldn't <laughs> figure out why at the time. And now I totally get it. Yeah, I'm just like. All I want to do is just go home. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, as a guy who's just you know. Well, take stock in your life and all the blessings you have, man. Right. That's. You know, we all have our dark days. We all deal with depression. You mentioned that, but yeah. you hear all this, and it should really put it in finite perspective how lucky you really are, man. I mean, that's I'm just sitting here thinking, going, man, my problems aren't nothing. I got it made. I'm a lottery right. winner. This life is good. I'm going to go outside, strip naked, and do cartwheels. My life is that good. <laughs> I told you we were going to do that by the end of this podcast. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but if nothing else, I mean, you know, this, this film is going to give that kind of inspiration and that powerful of a reminder, hopefully to millions of people that, you know, life is good and take nothing for granted. Appreciate it. Find the inspiration in these kind of moments. Yeah. And like, it's such an amazing love story. And I can, all I've seen is a trailer, but I get a vibe of and oh, everything yeah, I've been dude. reading too. It's the ultimate love story between a father and his son. I mean, when you really think about it and also a man and his wife. Yeah. I don't, I no lie. I don't even know if this, I don't know if I can watch it. Because I know me, and I right. will sit there, and I'm the guy that I've never even made it through the whole film Awakenings. You know that movie Awakenings? I think I the, I think the it, fourth yeah. time I cried, I shut it off. I I don't think. I mean, this sounds incredible. But I don't think I can watch it. I'll just sit there and cry and cry it, and. It's going to have to be like the right time, yeah, the right place. Exactly. I want to exactly. see it. Exactly. But it's I like want to see of, it. To you need to see it, right? Right. You know? I think it makes you a better human being. I mean, honestly, watching the trailer made me feel like I, uh, these are the things I could approve upon. It's just as a human. Yeah. You know, and it's funny you mentioned the crying because I look at the YouTube comments and, you know, of course, there's a couple trolley people, but I'm not talking about this. I just love this comment. This guy, Michael, goes, I'll be bringing a box of Kleenex to the movie theater. 
Although not for the usual reason. <laughs> Which I was like, you know what? I needed to read that. You know, thanks for putting a good that. spin on it. Yeah, oh, no doubt. I was like, no thank doubt. you for the joke. Yeah. That, that is the best. Uh, so here's, Little levity break there, man. This clip is great. This is the first moment where he sits down with the members of Pearl Jam. They're all in the practice space. You can see Matt's drums behind him, Jeff's bass amp. And they're all sitting there. And there's, and there's uh, Steve asking him this question. And it's... I mean, because you, you could tell, like, this is a very awkward thing for the band. Like, they don't know how to react to this guy who sounds like a robot. And he's in a wheelchair and he can't move. You could see his facial expressions. He could still smile. He could still blink his eyes. You know, he's still got that at least. But, like, it's heavy. So the fact that Steve comes out swinging with a question that could get them laughing, it's like it's such a pure, great yeah. moment. Okay. So with my first question, I am channeling the Pearl Jam super fan. <laughs> it's been five years since Backspacer. That's the longest stretch between records. What the f***? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great, man. <laughs> that's the question. It's just uh, hearing what the to that is amazing like it's, it's, pretty, it's a different level of of uh questioning for sure i think they're going to keep coming slower steve i think i think that's the main thing at this point is i think as we get older we're just not in a rush anymore so i didn't edit I, awesome. I kept all the pregnant pauses because i thought oh, that was important man. for Usually I'll edit those things down, but I felt like this is something where you need those pauses because you can just tell he just brightened up the whole room with that question. See, I feel bad because I cracked up and I'd like to hear the guys in Pearl Jam. Can we, can we yeah, hear that again? Yeah, let's just, just play that again. Yeah, because I laughed hard and I'd love to hear them, you know, okay. in that moment. So, with my first question, I am channeling the Pearl Jam not expecting super it. fan. <laughs> it's been five years since Backspacer. That's the longest stretch between records. What the f***? That's the question. Okay, it's, good. it's just uh, hearing what to do. That. I just love their reaction. I'm trying so hard right. not to laugh over that because it's brilliant, man. It's, it's a, such an it's amazing, incredible, yeah. amazing way to start things off. To That's kind of incredible. Just totally disarm them, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, like the first time you hear his voice, it's it's it's, it's soul crushing because oh, you're like, yeah. oh. But then as you listen, you forget that it's a robot. And sure, that's CF Vaughn. Because it's like a, <laughs> this video is about an hour long, uh, and you just look up uh, Steve Gleason interviews Pearl Jam for Lightning Bolt. You'll find it. It's a, an unbelievable piece. In this clip, now he did the whole band, but then he like broke off into like McCready and Amen, uh, Cameron and Gossard, and then he did a one-on-one -on -one with Ed. And the one-on-one -on -one with Ed is it's so good. It's it, I already had a lot of respect for Ed. But it, it just brings a level of respect for Ed to another level because he opened up, he was vulnerable, and, and so engaging with him. And, and at the end of the day, Steve Gleason is still a huge Pearl Jam fan, and he's getting to ask Pearl Jam fan questions right. to a guy who usually doesn't do that. Right. You know, not because he's a jerk, but he just that's part of, I think, what oh, keeps man. the band alive is that they don't, they don't put themselves in a situation to be interviewed all the time. Well, I think that I, I would think that he would, any of those guys would gladly give anyone access, but when you have a fan base, that cripplingly large 
and passionate. How can you? Yeah, I don't think it's about you know anything more than there's no way to appropriately grant it's heavy access to 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 people in general because who do you pick and choose? Can you know what I mean? Plus, you're still a human being. You still have your own life. I mean, I. I, we work with Brett Eliason, and you know I've mm-hmm. learned a lot about those guys just through him. But I know he's done a lot of work with Pearl Jam. Oh, he's yeah, their, he's their live music yeah, producer, basically. Yeah, and he, he's been he was their their front house song guy for years. But I know when they made Ten, their goal was you know please please let us just do well enough with Ten to make another record. Mm-hmm. They never expected this, you know. So and with all due respect to Justin Bieber fans, you know, <laughs> but like there's a guy who has a huge fan base. Okay, yeah, and I'm sure that's overwhelming. But now think about Pearl Jam, huge fan base. With people like myself, like Steve, yeah. probably like everybody in this room, whose lives have been impacted by Eddie's words. Dramatically, man. And I mean, that band's music. I like, mean, you Present know, yeah. Tense is really what kept my head afloat on many a bad day. Um, you know, I mean, we've played before um, other songs like I Love Bo Captain. Uh, I've been listening a lot to Verses. I, th- I feel like Verses oh. could have been written today. Verses is, uh, you know, if I got to be that guy, it's my favorite album. I bounce around a lot, but that one is the st- that that you one always I mean? comes back as being Dude, my favorite. Yeah. Well, think about the songs on that record. I mean, here we are in a world where we're dealing with gun issues. Glorified G. Oh yeah. Addresses it head on. Oh, even dude, Go the- and Animal. You just listen to Go and Animal, and after mm-hmm. Animal raps, you're like. Whoa! I need a timeout. Rats too. You can feel it. Most importantly, I mean, in lieu of all the issues between police and and and, and racism, oh, rearview mirror, uh, WMA, white male oh, American. Yeah, good guy. I mean, he yeah. won the lottery when he was born. Yep. I mean, that's just like you hear these words, mm-hmm. and it's just it's like still true. Yeah, timeless, that, timeless, man. That song, that album could be written today, and people be like, "Wow, you're just using current events to write yep. an album." Yeah, it's so weird because well, it was written in what like '93. The bounce and pocket of that album, the way that album, mm-hmm. you cannot not tap your foot or bob your head at any given point in time when that record's on. Oh, racks, um, the, the opening. Oh, dude, yeah. But I mean, then that record too, for me, was when I really discovered Stone Gossard's right hand as a rhythm player. And, you know, I started to, I, I loved Mike McCready on 10 because like, hey, here's a guy using Juan Univibe. Here's a guy that's into Hendrix and Trower. Here's a guy I can relate to because I didn't right. really connect with a lot of what was going on in the 80s. I really didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I was kind of, a, I got exposed to 60s and 70s music first and fell in love with that. So when Pearl Jam came around in 92, I was like, oh, 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 oh they're playing rock and roll. There's right. no hairspray and I'm rich and let's get in limousines <laughs> and she's my cherry pie. These guys are actually playing real music. And that I song changed me, man. Felt the video's <laughs> exciting. I may or may not have roughed yeah. up the suspect watching the video to cherry yeah, pie. It changed my pants, <laughs> that's for sure. Wow. But yeah, then um, you know, on, on 10, as part of the production value, I don't think you can really get a sense of who's doing what. Mm-hmm. And on, on Versus, you can really, as a result of the production value, you can really hear who's doing what. And I realized what Stone had and what a machine gun he was and mm-hmm. how deep his pocket was against a drum beat and I started to obsess about him as a player. And the bass you know? tones on that record. Oh uh, yeah. Just, I, I mean, mean the musicianship all the way around. Yeah. I mean it's one of those things where as a songwriter and lyricist I can look to, to Eddie, but as a guitarist I look to Mike and Stone. As a writer I look to Jeff. I mean, um it, what a talented group of guys, and even you know drummers. You know they had who was oh. it? Cruising, uh, Abraziz was just an animal. Right, um, uh, Jack Irons, who was more of my style of yeah. just a raw. Drummer. But I loved the Yield record. I thought yep. the Yield record was great. You know, yeah. so now no they've code got Matt. Too. Yeah, yeah, No Code has some real gems on it, man. Isn't Hail Hail on No Code? Hail Hail, Hail, Hail Present man. Tense. Yeah, dude. There's so, some amazing songs. 
and very raw drumming on that. Yeah. Unlike, yeah. unlike what Dave Abrazizi did, you know, who was amazing, don't get me wrong. Oh, like, man, his pocket, his yeah. groove, and his bounce was something I thought was really but magic. Jack brought know? a primitive vibe. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I could geek out about Pearl Oh, yeah. Hey, in fact, we have. Like, I didn't mean yeah. to derail you. No, no, it's fine. <laughs> I love it. I, mean, yeah, yeah, I, lo- yeah. I love geeking out about Pearl Jam. And it's funny you bring up about being a bunch of talented musicians. Eddie, even during the interview with Steve, brings up the fact that he's like, I surrounded myself with the most talented group of guys. They are. And it's they so really are. very true. It's amazing. So this clip, though, this is Eddie and uh, Steve one-on-one. Uh, I, I wasn't going to grab any of the super heavy stuff because I don't. obviously there's some heavy undertones with what we're talking about, but I still want to keep people's spirits up. This is a great clip because uh, Steve shares a couple of stories about Pearl Jam. No different than what we're doing right now. He shares a story about a time that him and his brother went and saw them in Spokane. And his brother said, I'm going to go shake Eddie's hand and jumped up on stage and actually did it, wow. uh, which was kind of funny. But then he shares a second story. And this story is about a time that uh, Steve got to go backstage and he shares a dilemma where he's backstage sitting on a lazy boy and Ed drops off his journal and a bunch of other stuff and his ID. And Steve had the moral dilemma about whether or not to steal Ed, Eddie Vedder's <laughs> ID because he's that big of a fan. Yeah. To the point where he had to walk away from that area in the backstage because the temptation he was too strong. He tells Ed the story? Yeah, so here's the oh, story. Fantastic. Wow. That's great, man. And in the story, I mean, I bleep it, but uh, he's cursing and Ed is just... Loving the fact that his computer voice can curse. Right, right. It's just a great piece. After the show, we all ended up in the room off stage. I felt super awkward, so I sat on the armrest of a lazy boy recliner, which was even more awkward. <laughs> so, just then, you walk in and walk over to the lazy boy and set your tambourine, wine bottle and journal down and walk off. I am thinking, holy man, that's awesome. So, I look down and your driver's license is just sitting loose on top of the journal. So, I am like, holy dude. And the devious part of me is like, dude, take the and put it in your sock. He will be the greatest story ever. Obviously, the same part of my brain says, Absolutely not, you dipshit. <laughs> <laughs> the worst part is, no one was looking. Finally, I am like, I cannot take this. So, I walk clear to the other corner of the room to get away from the temptation. <laughs> so, there you go. My two Eddie Vedder stories for you. Oh, I, those are two good stories, and I really like the fact that your machine doesn't add out all the f- <laughs> coming through that machine. Like the word f- has a lot of power. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> and it is, it, it's your voice. You recorded many, many words. Yes, 5,000 sentences. It took an entire summer in a studio. Wow. That is crazy. Wow, man. Wow, and he's able to just, I mean, there's really no lag between no, the man. question and the answer. I mean, you, as you watch this video, there's definitely pre-written questions because he asked the same questions to all the members at different points, and it sounds exactly the same, which is understandable. I mean, here you are 
I don't know how fast that thing can fire off, but it seems relatively fast for him to be able to answer that you question. You can hear the gravity of that situation in Ed's voice, though. When yeah. he says the word wow, I mean, and I haven't seen this, but I'm going to watch this interview because it's fascinating. I can't yep. wait, wait to find it. But, I mean, you can hear the gravity of, you know, hey, I spent a whole summer recording these sentences. That's how I can communicate. You just mm-hmm. hear it like, dude. You know, that's wow. a, a wow. sincere response. Yeah, yeah. It, it sounds like an incredible. You know, what's what, what's it called? You said it's on YouTube. I'll put it on the Migscast Facebook page at some point. I'll, I'll track it down and post it there. But yeah. uh, if you just type Steve Gleason, Pearl Jam, Lightning Bolt interview, bam, it's an hour long. Uh, the Eddie part I think starts around like thirty minutes in. But honestly, the you, whole interview I'm sure is incredible. The, yeah. It's the greatest interview you'll ever see with Pearl Jam. I gotta see that. I, I mean, gotta see that. No yeah. pressure Fantastic. on me who's going to talk to her. <laughs> 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 right. Honestly, part of me is gonna be like, I don't even want to talk to you guys. Can we just? Uh, Steve's here. Can he just do the yeah, interview? Exactly. And man. I'll just run it on the morning show because he ans- he can ask better questions. He he cuts <laughs> to the core. Eddie breaks down at one point and, and even says, I can't remember if it was Eddie or Stone. One of them goes, Wow, this is a real Barbara. Walter's moment because you know, he's bringing out some <laughs> yeah, serious emotions yeah. and there's a point and it's just another testament to how great of a guy Mike McCready is who we've been lucky enough to have a relationship with uh, during some of the interviews you see him in the background so not only is he being interviewed but he's he's looking out for his friend mm-hmm. and I thought that was pretty cool because he's the guy who introduced Steve to the rest of the band Yeah, uh, and, and so I'm, I'm excited to, I know for sure from what I'm told I'm gonna have a chance a couple minutes which is not enough, but fine. I don't care. It's still a moment. And I, and I could tell them at least how I feel about all this and, and get their reaction. Uh, so it won't even really be an interview. That's really cool, man. That's something to be excited about. It yeah. is, man. Yeah. And I know Ed and Mike are confirmed. That's awesome. Uh, but it might be the entire band. Oh, that'd be great, man. And yeah. it might even be John Schneider might even be there from the Seahawks, like the Whoa, general manager. Yes. <laughs> this Damn, is, dude. We're going to get vi- video. Vicky's going to go with me to film it. So as soon as, again, this is happening in a couple of nights. Oh, dude. Uh, hopefully. Congratulations, man. Like, that's uh, really Exciting, dude. It's I had to cancel a lot of things and I, <laughs> without a second thought. Right. Yeah, and yeah, you know yeah. what the funny thing is? When I was first asked about it um, through somebody who's mutual friends and all this crap, uh, my first instinct because they're like they didn't tell me who. I'm like, oh, it has to be Mike because I know Mike's associated with the film. Mm-hmm. I've talked to Mike a bunch of times and I had a lot of stuff I had to cancel because I'm like getting ready to leave town for the weekend and want to make sure I spend some time with my wife. And I'm like, you know what though, this is too important. I'm going to do this. And so I said, and my wife was she's like, what? I know how Pearl Jam's your Justin Timberlake, which sounds weird, but that's, that's her thing. You know, a little different. She's bringing the sexy back. It's she cool, is. Man. She it's has cool. been since the minute I met her. Um, <laughs> uh, but for me, she knows how important Pearl Jam is to me since I was 17, maybe 16. Whenever I first discovered them, I mean, it's just been an obsession. Um, so she's like, sure. And so I said, yes, without even asking who was involved. I just assumed it was Mike. And then I'm like, hey, by the way, who am I going to get to talk to just so I could kind of be mentally prepared? Because I, as Rev Prime knows too, I like to get over-prepared. Totally. But then walk into the interview completely not prepared. Like, no notes, no nothing. I just prepare myself mentally. And then chuck it all and go. Spending a lot of time just thinking about things, listening to music, whatever it may be. But then just go with the vibe. Uh, which is why I think the interviews we've done on the Migscast are, are fun. They're never scandalous. You know what I mean? They're 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 fun. They're in, there's a, there's I'm coming from my heart, my heart. Uh, so I said, hey, who am I going to be talking to? She's like, yeah, Mike and uh, and Ed Vedder too for sure. 
I'm like, what? Yeah. Like, I almost got it. Like, I was like, I almost passed out. I was like, you know, I never yeah. thought I'd have a chance. And like yeah, I said, poor guy, he's he's out at Safeway buying a loaf of bread, not realizing that the chance to talk to him over. is melting down this cat over here. You know what I mean? Because right. he's just some dude that writes songs. He's like, right. yeah, you want a sandwich? You know what I mean? Like, right. Yeah. Any of us who've played music, yeah. I mean, fortunate. Obviously, there's a lot of skill and talent and amazing ability to write songs in them. But anyone. Could have had that moment. He is, well, you know, there's, and, there's lots of rock stars in the world. I've met him a couple times briefly, and he is a genuinely sweetheart of a guy. Awesome. You know, like, I, I, feel, I think you're going to love meeting him because in the few times that I've briefly interacted with him, he's just a great, down-to-earth, humble, hey, man, how you doing kind of cat, man. It's going to be a great experience for him, man. I'm, like, really genuinely excited oh, for you, Oh, thank you, man. I, I really am. I'm pumped. I've, I've walked by him once, and a, a couple times. Once at the Crocodile, once at the Showbox. But I'm not that guy that's going <laughs> to Yep. Be Everyone's like, like, go, go. And I'm like, no, man. No. How about I leave him alone? He's right. just, yeah. I I've, just figured, well, yeah. one day my chance will come, and that was, like, over 15 years ago. And I thought, well, maybe this chance <laughs> isn't going to come. So here it is. Almost. Well, but you never want to hoard these cats. I mean, no. they're just out trying to... I remember meeting Peter Buck at the Croc, and people were. Oh yeah, everyone was terrified. This is back. I think his wife owned it at the time. I she think. did, yeah. And the but, minus five would play a lot, and he'd be up on stage there. I saw REM s- play at the Croc oh, because that's of that. Sick. And that's Eddie Vedder was their cocktail waiter <laughs> the whole night. That's the one time I ran by him, that's getting rad. wasted with the band, and then he went up there and sang "It's the End of the World as We Know It." With them, did he know all the words? No, okay, <laughs> but I don't think Michael Man. Stipe did either. Uh, and that's fine too, you know. And they busted into Pearl Jam's Better Man. Oh wow, it was amazing! That's incredible. <laughs> and it was like maybe At the a, old crock with the with tiny the stage pole. in the corner. They, that's off the chain. They man. were playing wow. Pearl Jam. Uh, I mean, REM played a show with Alanis Morissette and Coldplay, I think. Oh no, I don't even remember, but Alanis Morissette, I think. And someone else at the Key Arena for a benefit show that Gwyneth Paltrow put on. Okay. So it, might, it must have been Coldplay. And so my buddy was the bouncer at the Croc, and he calls me. He goes, hey, man, you should come hang out tonight. I'm like, dude, it's like Monday night. You should come like, hang out. Yeah. And that's exactly, he goes, no. And this guy, Kevin, I'll never forget, great dude at the Croc. He was like the head of the security. He's like, no, I'm telling you, you really need to come hang out tonight. And then a light bulb goes in my head. I'm like, what's going on? He goes, I can't say. But you should come hang out tonight. Understood. So I went down there. I'm like, and I, I started thinking about it, I'm like, well, it's either it's either REM, it's either Alanis Morissette, or it's Coldplay. None of them are my all time favorite bands. REM of all of them, my fa- I would like more to see. But I'm like, any of them will be okay to see in a small club like the Crocodile. Yeah. Get down there. The minus five is playing, and they did. And then after them. REM came up and did a full set oh, in front of like wow. 150 that people. That is sick. What what year? What era are we talking? Had to be early 2000s. Early, early. Out of time. That would have been the out of time era? No, that's after. No, out it of was time after was out of time. It might have been, a, it was after Monster. After so like, Monster. It was around that time. What's okay. the frequency, Kenneth, and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Which was kind of a rocking record. For oh, them. yeah. Yeah. And they played like they were 20 or 19 years oh, old yeah, and man. a college, like they were a college rock band again. The energy. That's sick. Dude, it was unbelievable. That's it was unbelievable. Sick. So, yeah, I mean, I, I know. So, meeting Peter Bach must have been yeah. very cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no. I, it was just, no one would go near him. No one would go near him. And I finally rolled up and was like, hey, man, can I buy you a drink? I didn't know his wife owned the place. And he was like, <laughs> no, dude, but I'll buy you one. I'm like, right on, man. I'm like, I don't want to pest you. I don't want to photograph or an autograph. I just want to talk to you, dude. What are you using lately? Uh-huh. And he's like, oh, dude, you know, I'm going through a whole phase now where I'm doing the voxes, but at low volume. I'm like, what? 
I thought you had to wind those up to get tone out of it. And he lit right up. I don't want your autograph. I don't want a photograph. I want to geek out what with What are you, you running, Pete? Yeah. You know, what are you doing these days? And wow. yeah, I'm going back through another big Ricky phase. You know me, man. And we geeked out about gear. And I, we had a shot. And I'm like, all right, brother, well, have a great night. Thanks for talking to me, man. I've always been a big fan of your tone. And he had this ah. huge smile on his face like, thanks, bro. That is awesome. You know, and then, I, yeah, that was my Peter Buck story. But yeah, it was, I don't want your autograph. I don't want a photograph. I just, what are you running lately, I, I man? wish, Rev, I wish, uh, yeah, I wish Bob yeah, was yeah. with us when we talked to Brad Whitford from Arrows. Smith, because it was kind of oh, the same yeah. thing. Oh, man, yeah. And, and Billy Gibbons totally. from ZZ Top. Like, yeah. I mean, they, they, those guys, once, Brad Whitford was not like a super energetic interview, but he was cool. Yeah. Because Brad Whitford. But once we started <laughs> talking about guitars, like Rev asked him a question about guitars and stuff. Boom, yeah. Yeah, well, energy level went well, through the I, I don't want a picture, I don't want an autograph, I, you know, dude. It's a relief to him. Yes. I mean, like, when, yeah. I, I, when I met up with Dee Snyder, and it was like, it was kind of awkward. At his wedding. At I've heard wedding, he's an awesome guy, He's actually. He was really cool, but the first thing I come up and I say, hey, what's up? And he's like, no pictures. And <laughs> but I get it. Like I understand where he's coming from. So I was like, "Well, no, no, nothing, man. It's just it's my wedding day, and I just wanted to shake your hand and say, hey, it was it's it's neat to meet you.' And it was just a quick word, and it was he congratulated me, and we moved on. How cool is that? How did D. Schneider come to be at your wedding? Uh, we did it at a ranch about thirty about thirty minutes out of Vegas, and he was just there. I think it was him and his kid. Um, because his kids doing, he was doing some stuff around there at that time, and so he would just happened to be there. And my phone's getting blown up, and people are like, "D. Schneider's in the bar. D. Schneider's hanging out in the saloon." And I'm like, "All right, cool." And it's just bebop right over there. And yeah, uh, that's when people started figuring out that he's there, and he kind of right. made his way. Had out. to slip away. Sure. Yeah, I think he hit the petting zoo before he left, but uh, it and was by the petting zoo he stroked the Rev's goatee. <laughs> <laughs> How cool yeah. is that? Rev could say D. Schneider was at his yeah, wedding. Yeah, that's it great. Totally did. Right? Totally did. That's great. All right, that's about the greatest that's thing. Pretty cool, that's like man. freaking cherry on top of. I mean, I know that getting married to the woman that you love is all great. Oh, and yeah, all that. that is well, great. But I mean, hey, D. Snyder was there. Random, right. random wedding stories. I got maced with Sean Kenny. Well, not directly maced, maced. but <laughs> on my wedding night, he what? showed up. He showed up at my wedding with a friend of my wife and I's, and and hung out and partied, and then we partied hard at my wedding. And we Shocking. went an hour over at the yeah, venue, right. and then we all went, okay, we're not done. Let's all go downtown together. And we all went to the Central together, and, and Sean came with. It was a yeah. group of maybe like 15 of us. And nice. like I said, sweetheart of a guy. This was back when Larry's, which was next door to the Central, had gone from kind of blues, island reggae to just straight up dance club. Right. <laughs> and there were a lot of fights happening at Larry's around that time, and someone let off a whole can of oh, bear mace. Oh, God. And I was standing there BSing with Sean and giggling and laughing, and I think we were even talking about his drumming and whatnot, and all of a sudden we both started choking. I can't breathe. We ran to the men's room. If you're familiar with the Central, there's a oh, yeah. sink, a paper towel dispenser, and another sink, and we were in opposite sinks, retching and gagging and retching and gagging, and I turned to him while retching and gagging and said, bro, it's my wedding day. <laughs> <laughs> the best wedding ever. He just looked at me and shook his head. You know, well, you know what was really cool is, so I'd only, you know, I'd met him at, at, at one of our parties, and then... He showed up at my wedding, which was great. I think Tawny razzed him a bit. She was like, I don't remember inviting you. And he was like, I- I'm so sorry, you know, and she had to give him a big hug. He's a really down-to-earth, awesome guy. What kind of big gift did you give us, Rockstar? Yeah, yeah, you know. So, um, but what was what was awesome to me, and I haven't seen him now in probably nine or ten years, but let's say eight months to a year after my wedding, I was downtown dropping off posters at the Central, and mm-hmm. he had been down there with a bunch of friends for Art Walk. And literally broke off from his friends, came up, Glenn, how you doing? How's Tawny? And I was just remember thinking, you know, here's, Surreal. A, here's a guy that meets people, but he remembered me. Yeah. He remembered how do my you wife. Remember he, me? Yeah, exactly. And he was genuinely interested in how we were doing. And it just made a lasting impression 
on me regarding no, that dude, guy, that that, that is amazing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I had that happen a couple times in my life where it was just like, I can't believe this is happening. One yeah. time, I was at it a, a lot bumper shoot. Chris Novoselic walks by and yells, "Steve!" And I'm like, turn around. I'm like. Oh, he's probably talking to another Steve, and then he looks at me, and he's like, hey, man, because at the time he was coming to the end a lot to do stuff. I don't think he remember me now. Maybe he would. I don't know. But it was like, all my buddies were just like, what the F? Yeah. And all I kept thinking is, 17-year-old Steve would pee his pants right now. This is insane. <laughs> that man, he's tall. Same thing with uh, Mike McCready, like one time at a, a show backstage. Steve! And gives me a big hug, and I'm like... 17-year-old Steve would also poop his pants right now. Like, this is insane. And and it's funny to think, like, this interview, the, the comfort level for me about meeting Ed and talking to Ed is, oh, Mike's there. Mike will be happy to see me, and I'll get the rub from, which is like, it, 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 it makes my brain hurt to think that, like, Grown I'm getting, Steve would pee his pants if he right? knew. No, yeah, There's a good right? chance I'm going to pee my pants this week. Because I'm getting the rub from a member of Pearl Jam to basically be like, yo, this guy's okay. You know, this isn't going to be a weird interview. From right. one member to, of Pearl Jam right. to another. Right, like, Ed, he's cool. You're being vouched for. Right, by freaking Mike McCready. Of course, later there may be a, quote, favor. <laughs> I'm okay with I've that. Been, I'm vouching for this guy. I'm okay with that. You can choke me, Mike. Steve, where are you, you going with that shovel? I have to do a favor, man. I've been called in on the favor. Oh, I'm choking. No. Oh, oh different kind of favor. Yeah, right. Oh, no, yeah, I didn't mean a sexual favor. Oh, sure. oh. I was saying a mafia vouch thing. Either I wasn't... one. Yeah. <laughs> Either one. Either or. It's fine. Then we deteriorated from D. Schneider being at your wedding to him being choked out by a member of Pearl well, Jam. In a sexual I mean, way. Sure, why not? Well, then this is going to be weird playing a Pearl Jam song right now. <laughs> During the interview, um, <laughs> What's that? All these wedding stories are starting to make me think I had a boring wedding. Yeah, where were your? Where was D. Snyder at your wedding? <laughs> I know I didn't get D. Snyder. Did anyone I didn't get puke? Nothing. Did anyone puke? Whoever I, Rev, uh, you didn't no. have a pig on a spit, did you? No, I did not. There right. is still serious levels of envy regarding your envy. Yeah, don't worry about that. <laughs> Juster still wins. Um, <laughs> during the interview with uh, Steve Gleason, uh, he brought up, "Hey, what's this one song that means the most on the new re- on the most recent Pearl Jam record, which is Lightning Bolt, which I listened to again yesterday and." Just reminds me of just how those guys are still firing on all cylinders and still writing great music. Sirens is always that one song that you go to, so good. Uh, and they brought that up one, as being one of the songs that they absolutely love. But the other one that came up by many members of the band is a song called Pendulum. And I wanted to play a little bit of it. Uh, I guess it all started with Stone playing a bongo beat with a guitar chord, and, which gave it a weird like distorted sound through the amp. And that was like the the the, the 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 initial stages of writing this song, which I thought was really fascinating. So here's Pendulum. We'll listen to a little bit of it, uh, and probably you know, as we always do, we'll talk over it because that's just what we do on the Mixcast. And I forgot how like just eerie and like heavy this song is. sucked in so hard that no one spoke. <laughs> I know. I just wanted to throw that out there, man. Like, eyes are being closed. Yeah. 
There was a great part during the interview, too, where um, they, they talk about the leadership of the band. Because Steve's like, you know, in football, there's leaders. And Drew Brees is a, a leader. And you need a leader. And he said, hey, is it tough, though, as a band... Ed's the leader. Is that tough? And they're all like, no, this is great. And, and even Ed's like, you know, uh, it was just something really cool about hearing these guys talk about that. But they even brought up a point. As a leader, Ed said, for this band to continue, you guys need to help write songs. And it was around the Yield album where it really started. They said that was the turn. Like all of a sudden this became less the Eddie Vedder show and more Pearl Jam. Well, and early on, it was Stone and Jeff. Right. Stone and Jeff were the guys, and I think right around Vitology, that shift occurred. All of a sudden, Ed kind of took control. More towards Ed, and I think it probably had a lot to do with what those guys were going through, because as I'd mentioned, and I'd got this from, from friends and you know people that... But here's a band that made a record that they were praying they would just sell enough units to go on and make another record. Suddenly, they're on the cover of Time magazine. I can't imagine what that's like as a human being to be thrust as far and as high as those guys did. It must have been... The fact that they kept it together um, had to have been overwhelming. And And I bet that all plays into how the shifts happened within the band as far as creativity and who was making decisions and I'm sure they all had a lot to come to terms with because I mean they went from oh wow we got to make a record I hope we can make another one to I mean good god you know think about who those guys were by the time Vitology came out I mean mean, or versus rather I mean I mean they went it was incredible what happened and I think the world was so desperate for something genuine as a result of what the 80s became in the Absolutely. music industry mm-hmm. that when these guys came around and actually just had a, a little bit of heart on their sleeve, I think that's it was the right thing at the right time, and that's what thrust them as far and as high as they went. I mean, they're obviously talented, and the songs are incredible. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying the world was desperate for something real. And when they got it, these, these poor guys were thrust into a situation, I'm sure that today they still can't imagine how they ended up where they are. You know what I mean? It, so No, I, I think you're absolutely right. And it's funny to think like a town like Seattle is really, you look at the bands that brought that realism and that, that heart on their sleeve kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. And it was Alice in Chains. It was oh, man. Soundgarden. And I remember Steve hearing says, Facelift in 89 and being there yeah. because... I really liked Appetite. I thought Appetite was killer. Oh, that, for sure. Because that was not what was being shoved down our throats. It was a bluesy rock record. Um, and then I heard Facelift and was blown away. But then, you know, it all... Then you start getting, oh, who's the Soundgarden band? And you get hip to them. And then, of course, the Nirvana thing. I remember yeah. going to Camelot Music and being elated that there was another Nirvana record called Bleach. Camelot. I was like, they have another record? I didn't, right. you know, I didn't know that in Western Maryland. I bought Bleach and actually liked it more than Nevermind, because eh? it was more raw and gutsy, and yeah. I loved it, man. And then even in Cesticide, I remember thinking, well, this is a new record by them, not right. realizing it was just a bunch of outtakes. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But for, for me, I, you know, I felt like such a musical outcast during the, the period of time when I really got into music, because I'm, you know, geeking out on Robin Trower and geeking out on Hendrix and just obsessing over Zeppelin, and all my friends were listening to Def Leppard and Poison, mm-hmm. and it was challenging. Yeah. Um, you know, and then later I was really into skating. I skated for years, and what was cool is that got me into a lot of cool off the wall punk. And it wasn't what was being shoved down everyone's throat, and mm-hmm. not a lot of ripped jeans and cowboy boots going on. You know what I'm saying? And <laughs> that's how I got hipped to like early Metallica and and, and Megadeth. And, and crazy. Thirty three years ago yesterday was when Kill 'Em All came out, dude. You know, yeah, damn, yeah, man, right? You know, wow. That's oh, time flies, right? <laughs> 
Yeah. That's insane. I saw that yesterday and my mind was blown. I'm like, that is, I mean, just the thing. Well, they're like 17-year-old punks battling acne mm-hmm. and changing the world with music. <laughs> yep. It's crazy. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure they didn't see it coming either. No. You know what I mean? They would have taken a better picture for the back of the album <laughs> if they did. <laughs> That picture is like all of us in in high school. Everyone right now has pressed uh, pause on this program and they're going straight to Google to look that shot up. Oh, it's such an unflattering picture, but that's what made it great because it was like, it was unapologetic. We are young, we are angry, and we don't give an F. Yep. No, you're absolutely right, dude. And and even Steve says that his other big band was Soundgarden. And it's cool during that interview. I keep geeking out about the interview, but I really think people should check it out. He talks to Matt Cameron about. Oh, that's cool. And it was interesting because Matt brings up a point of, you know, I I wanted to do another record with Soundgarden, but I didn't, when we, they decided we were going to do the touring, that's when it was like, this is weird because Pearl Jam's my band now. And and it was Stone, I think it was, it was like, we, we pushed him to do that because Soundgarden is important to us. Well, yeah, yeah. You watch Pearl Jam 20. That's really awesome. Yeah. At the end of the day, when you walk away from Pearl Jam 20, you realize that Chris Cornell really was the glue of the Seattle music scene. And kept a lot of that, like from the Mother Love Bone days. And he really, I mean, hell, Temple of the Dog. You think about that band. It was really a, a tribute to Andrew Wood from Mother Love Bone, but it was also- Those I, two were roommates. Isn't that, yep. isn't that correct? Yeah. And I believe it was, in a way, it was a way for him to keep the sanity and the spirits up of the guys who just lost their bandmate. And in, in a roundabout way, that's what created Pearl Jam. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it was just it's such a- I don't think people realize how important Chris Cornell. I, I think some people do, but I well, think I, I, I'm a big, you know, big yeah. Cornell fan. Me too. Um, you know, the, the stuff that he's done on his own. Um, even if you guys heard that uh, record he put out, this, I think it's called Songbook, where it's just him live mm-hmm. performing acoustic. Have you guys heard any of that yes. stuff? Oh man! The only thing I wasn't really too down it's with was his chill. collaboration with Timbaland. I, oh, I didn't. I'm not familiar with that. It's it's like a poppier. Like, you got a hip-hop producer working with Chris Cornell, and it's cool. Was that the Carry On record? It's the one that goes, watch out! Dude, I don't remember oh, the name I don't know that song. Yeah, no. I'll have to find I, I can find it while we uh, figure it out yeah. if you want. I mean, but it, it's it's a little different. And I, I respect that he tried it, but it wasn't really my cup of tea, you know what I mean? Sure. Let me see if I can find Watch Out, Cornell. Is Soundgarden going to do anything further? Do you guys have an inside track on that? I would imagine. To any degree? I would hope so. I, I mean, know the world's just freaking out about it, the Temple but... of a Dog tour. Everyone's completely. The album's called Scream. It's a Cornell record? Yeah. Him and Timberland. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like. All right. That's one of the things, the knee jerk, I may not dig it, but blasting through my stereo at home, I might third lesson be like, oh, now, I, now I'm connecting with this. You know? I, I, anything with his voice on, I'm going to enjoy, but it's not my favorite, that's all. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would imagine Soundgarden's going to eventually do something. Uh, you would think. I would hope. Yeah, me too. Know. I liked the last record. Oh, I did too. Yeah. I did too. It, it was interesting the way it, it was. It felt less aggressive than mm-hmm. their previous material, but then the more I dug into it, the more I got that they, the, you know, kind of lower gain guitar tones and the way it was mixed lent itself to that feeling. But then as far as the material itself goes, there's a lot of really unique and cool things going on. Yeah. So it's kind of like trying... Uh, killer food for the first time. You're like, I don't know if I like this, and then you're halfway through the meal going, Oh, this is really good. <laughs> you know, that was my that was my experience with that album. You know, like yeah, yeah. Good. I want to talk to you a little bit since we're talking about music. Uh, you just had something pretty damn cool happen with Windowpane. I did. 
A music video. Oh, yeah. You just filmed a music video. <laughs> I did. For Underfoot. Uh, I saw the pictures. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was a unique experience. Um, we, uh, you know, videos are so strange. Anyway, we always, it was the same kind of thing. We've got videos out there, but we never wanted to do video videos. Like a concept we, video. You know, just come record us playing. Like, uh, the House of Cards video is the live audio. That's at the Neptune Theater. That's a great video, um, too. The Show Me The Way video is the album audio, but it's us performing Show Me The Way live uh, at the sold-out Columbia City Theater, and then that nice. was for a film that never got released in the States. It was released overseas called Evil Angel, and if you Google that, you're going to go straight to a porn site. So you're going to want to look up Evil Angel Movie. My no. Mother. I'm just going to stick with just evil No, angel. my mother hit me up. She's like, so son, you know what? Oh, uh? no. And I'm like, mom, 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 did you just search evil angel? She's like, well, yeah. And I, you know, what What do you do? And I'm like, mom, 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 evil angel movie, evil angel movie. But for a brief period of time, she thought you were in a porn. She was trying to roll. Well, she thought I had done music for it. She was trying to roll with it. She was actually still trying to be supportive. Aww, that's yeah, awesome. Mama, like, I watched well, the first 40 minutes. I didn't hear any of your music. <laughs> <laughs> I watched it again and again and again. Um. We're all watching it in the neighborhood. <laughs> That's right. I showed it at the PTA meeting. Now they won't talk to me. I don't know why. And um, then you have uh, the the more I run the, off of the new record. Yeah, the more there was I a- run. It was the, the the gentleman that just did the video. His name is Jamie Burton Chamberlain. He has a company named Black Dahlia Films, and actually he's done a bunch of stuff for for like Duff McKagan and for Billy Gibbons. And <gasps> oh, okay, That's you've probably met yes. him. Um, but he was really, he saw us for the first time live at our CD release party at Showbox in January and fell in love in particular with the song The More I Run and did a beautiful video for that, which we're not even in. My kind of video. We're not in it. Uh, I liked that a lot. Um, and it's a beautiful video, really, really brilliantly done. And then um, we're pushing underfoot now. Um, as a follow-up single to Words of Nothing More, which KSW started spinning for us back in January. Which yeah, and now cool. I'm hearing Underfoot, too. Now we're doing Underfoot. It's very cool to hear another um, uh, windowpane song on the radio. Yeah, yeah, and I, uh, like I was saying, I think last week... Hit it a little bit, though, as we talk go. about it. Might as well give him the drums, Give him the give, drums, give the baby. Drums. Give, it sounds like a Harley Davidson starting. Ish. Uh, the production on this record is that's so Brett Elias man. That's, I know. That's, that's Brett. He's a really talented guy. Did such a great job. Was really patient with us too, trying to help us arrive at what we were after. You really get the when I love listening to music in the headphones because I get to really hear the bass. Oh yeah, and Mark yeah. Harris, your bass is, is yeah. such a monster on the bass. When it was funny coming into this record, Brett was like, "Hey, you know, on Daybreak, I don't feel like we really did Mark any favors." And so I think on this record, Brett really went out of his way to make sure that even when the guitars were way in the forefront, Mark was audible at all times. That makes me realize I did have a rock star at my wedding. Rev might have had Dee Snyder. I had Mark Harris from Windowpane at my wedding. <laughs> there you go. He catered my wedding. That's right, Nice. Man. That's could, right. He was working over at Daniel Broil- Daniel's that's, Broiler. That's what he was doing back then. I get then. a call yeah. from him. He goes, bro, you getting married at the Columbia Winery on this date? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, yeah, I'm catering your wedding. I'm like, no, you're not. He goes, yeah, I work over at uh, the Daniels Broiler. Given that Harris was there, I'm surprised you didn't also get maced on your wedding day, man. Because if you've ever partied with Mark Harris, stranger things have happened. Oh, yeah, Uh, man. Mark's a a, a dynamic human being. So what's the concept for the video? Is there one or is it just a live thing? Jamie found out we were pushing uh, Underfoot, he was like, dude, I want to get a video going for Underfoot. And we're like, all right, man. So we, we worked some things out with him and... He had a whole concept in his head, and what he ended up doing was literally filming individually the members uh, of the band performing the song like five, six times in a row, 
which is you have a camera in your face and you're singing your nuts off and you're you know but and he's you know this, this camera's an inch from your fingers it was really a bizarre and unique experience and well you, I have a question about that because I've always wondered about this and, and, and I'm sure it's case by case but maybe it's not uh, you see the videos you know people are just basically singing along to their recorded version right does he have the the recorded version like cranked super loud blasting through a PA are you singing yes. or are you lip syncing I could not not sing okay uh, and in fact it I, just makes it seem so fake I yeah. couldn't not yeah. sing yeah, right. man I couldn't not sing it's your song so we're we're playing <laughs> did you remember our... the words <laughs> no uh, oh, I, I, I screwed up because um, uh, man you know I'm like that anyway I, it always changes the phrasing changes everything slips around the more I perform it the more I play with it Evolves. so to speak yeah and um, I think the first chorus is uh, I bet the view's pretty good where you are but it's never good enough now honey and uh, the other one I alternate to is is it and every single time that PA go honey I'd be like is it you know, and you're like that doesn't that work doesn't right. yeah, yeah just just cut me out <laughs> of that part. Glenn, we're gonna have to get someone but, else to sing this because you don't that would know be your best, song. You know, just get someone else in the video, yeah. man. Um, but uh, you know, it's interesting. We were all kind of chuckling about it because because the camera's rolling, you're throwing down like your life depends on it, which we do on stage too. But then you do the same song six times, throwing down like your oh. life, to, dude. The next day, I couldn't walk. Everything was sore. I felt like I got in a fist fight with a truck. It's a hell of a workout. You know? Oh, yeah. It just clobbered us. And then, you know, poor Sean, same thing. I mean, he's... And Sean hits hard. It's almost unpleasant yeah. to rehearse with a guy he hits so hard, which is great. He's always like, you want me to not hit so hard? No, Sean. Just do what you do. Play the way you play best. But we have this PA just... At Ear-splitting volume so that Sean can be on with the because oh. the whole the whole reason we wouldn't just perform it is we're gonna use the album audio right like when we did the Show Me the Way video what we did was um, I think we played the song twice that night live at the show in front of the crowd but um, was Mike still our drummer back then it might have been Kevin Royt um, but he referenced it he had a, 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 a drum machine or Dr. Mm -hmm. Beat, right? Yeah. Uh, Dr. Beat metronome. Mm -hmm. Right beside his drum throne, so he referenced it. So he had a, got a click, a pace going, tick, 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 tick. And then he did his best performing live to not come out of pocket. And we did that twice. And then anytime the band came off of the the album audio too much, we just inserted films from the movie, the shots from the movie. It worked out really well. So you know what's funny is uh, Eric Singer, the drummer of uh, Kiss. Yeah, uh, I heard an interview when he did with Chris Jericho, mm -hmm. and he said that he starts every song live with a metronome. He doesn't play along with it. He just uses the metronome reference. To, to, to reference the beats because apparently there's a struggle in the band where I think it's either Gene or Paul wants the songs to be played super fast and Gene or Paul wants to play it slow. Yeah. So he deals with Gene looking at him like speed it up and then Paul looking at him like slow it down. Ugh. So now he's like, you know what, boys? I'm setting a metronome. Here's how this works. You're making yeah. this very difficult for yeah. me. And well, that's what he does. And there, there wow. goes to show, yeah. like, th there's a kiss thing for you, right? Because, yeah, you know, right? Gene and Paul are telling him how fast the song's going to be. The drummer's your spinal column. Yeah. You know, like, you follow your drummer. Now, the only thing that bums me out live is when a drummer will play things way too slow, because then it's really hard to get the energy going for it. But My problem is I always play too fast. You Well, but that, I'd rather that. Yeah. At least you have the right energy, as long as it's not crazy fast. Yeah, sometimes it's but, gotten a little too crazy fast. <laughs> hey, you know, we, we all have those, yeah. dude, we all have those shows and those moments. But no you, you want to follow your drummer. Yeah. But, <laughs> so there was poor Sean with this PA just ear-splitting level so that he can play along with the album audio as we're all performing the song. And, you know, and that was unique, too. Jamie put us in a circle. We're all facing each other. And he's literally on the floor with a camera flopping around and filming us as we're basically screaming this song at each other. And 
It was a really unique experience, um, and I'm anxious to see, uh, you know, really anxious to see how it comes out. I'd never done that sort of video before. I'm excited before. to see it, man. I, yeah. I saw the pictures. The, the, the vibe of it looked really cool. When, when do you think it's going to be released? Uh, maybe in a week or two. Hopefully within a week or two. Nice. You know, because nice. it's, it's basically, it's a performance video. It's us performing the song. So I think for, for Jamie, it's just a matter of finding the shots up. he thinks are cool and the yep. vibe he thinks is cool, and he'll piece it together, and, and that'll be that. And we're talking about maybe having some kind of a... A premiere party um, for nice. the video, but because we have so many events coming, uh, we want to make it something free. So we're we're working on putting that together um, for very early August because we have a super busy August. But if we do do a video premiere party, we want it to be a free event. So you know, come down, watch Fun. the video, get hammered. Celebrate. We don't want to make any money. Just come on down, hang out. You know, watch this thing, and then we'll crank tunes and. Well, nice. let us know. You know. Of course, we'll promote the little awesome. F out of it Thanks, on, on, on this podcast. I mean, yeah. hey, you're a member of the damn show. Yeah, we got to get the Titanic douches out there. I, I, <laughs> that's right. That's right. I realize we were talking all about the stuff that's going on with uh, Steve Gleason, Pearl Jam, and how they're raising money for ALS. And uh, we referenced that you have a show coming up to benefit yeah, it, but this, we never gave the details. This coming Saturday at Vessel Wine and Ales, which is up in Woodenville, Vessel Wine and Ales in Woodenville is um, the Rock Out ALS concert. And a great lineup of bands. Uh, Window Pane, Mechanism, the Adarna, Lucid Spirals getting back together. I'm, I'm, I think I'm leaving some bands out, and I apologize for that. But it is a killer lineup. It's going all day. Um, and that's this coming Saturday. And that's uh, a gentleman named Mike Miller. Mike's a great um, guy. He is a fantastic guy. And he's been running Rock Out. You'll see the R-O-A-L-S t-shirts mm -hmm. all over Seattle. That's all Mike. And it's Rock Out ALS. And he's been running that up here for Hell, the new originals. We did a one a few time. years ago. We did. We did yep. one at Studio 7 with yep. Mike. Um, yep. So, yeah, I think this year is going to be a really cool one. Big outdoor stage. Mike's a grill master, so there's going to be barbecue out the yin-yang. and nice. I think it's going to be a really special day and a lot of really talented people coming together for what is obviously you know, a remarkable cause. I mean, and I know Mike's life has been touched too. on by it, and a lot of my friends and, and family have been touched by, by ALS, and, and so uh, we're really proud to be a part of it. I mean, talk about weird you timing, know. too, with the, the Gleason movie is premiering mm -hmm. in Seattle on Friday night. Yeah, and the show is and Saturday. The show is Saturday. It's just like wow, that's weird how all that kind of stuff comes together. Yeah. And the fact that we're even doing a whole show about the struggles that is ALS, mm -hmm. and yeah, it's just that stuff yeah. always. It's weird how that works. Well, out, you know, um, maybe a little cool divine synchronicity. You know, yeah. maybe it'll help uh, raise local awareness and get people in touch with Mike and and you know rock out ALS and and all he's been doing because more so than just you know seeing. A movie. There's there's people locally that are involved with this cause, Absolutely. involved with this on a on a charity level. That are really trying to raise awareness and do wonderful things right outside your front door. It's not just mm -hmm. on a, a movie screen. These are people you can walk up to and shake hands with. So uh, and what a great way to be able to give back to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's a it's a it's a terrifying thing. Um, and you know you you see it touch people's lives, and it's tragic. And and so you know anything we can do to help out. Absolutely. You know, we're and really it, proud to be a part of it. You know? There's a slogan that the, the, the team Gleason uses, all, uh, it's no white flags, to not give right, up. Right. And, and that's really all you can do. And I think that's such a powerful word. And I've seen like on some football players' helmets, they have the logo and it says no, no white oh, flags, wow. yeah. which is like, wow. You know what I mean? And, and what guys are doing like Mike and then also even what guys like Steve Gleason are doing and mm -hmm. just you know bringing awareness and, 
and, and, and trying to find a way, you know, trying to mm-hmm. find a way to either beat it or at least make the quality of life as good as possible for those that are battling in the families, especially. Yeah, uh, undoubtedly. Because, yeah, that's, it's just unbelievable. Well, with any luck, you know, over time, because um, I know that whole uh, ice bucket challenge yep. that circulated yeah. like mad, and you got Harrison Ford and Patrick Stewart, and the whole world's in on Gleason this thing. did it naked. Oh, really? <laughs> he did. <laughs> oh, man. Just shows oh, wow. the, sense, the sense of humor never yeah, left. Yeah, 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 no doubt. Yeah. But, you know, hopefully the, the revenues can be generated where they start finding ways to, um, you know, to help the people out that are afflicted with this. Yes. That would be my ultimate prayer is, hey, you've been diagnosed, but we have this medicine. We can help to a degree or we can help to a remarkable degree. I That'd think that awesome. would be paramount. And that, that would be my prayer is that, you know, uh, solutions can be found. Treatments can be found. That That's all be, you hope, man. That's you all know, you hope for. We're, we're, we're pretty, you know, the opposable thumb thing happened and it's been sort of uphill from there, <laughs> but we're pretty, pretty astute little creatures for a bunch of hairless apes. We've been able to do some really neat stuff, and it would be great if we could really begin to conquer, you know, diseases and afflictions. And uh, for anyone that wants information, can they go to windowpane.net about the show? Go to windowpane.net okay. or cool. just Google R-O-R-O-A-L-S uh, or yep. Rockout ALS Seattle. Uh, you can find it anywhere. It's tagged on all the windowpane's pages, but... I don't think you'll have a hard time finding information not only about Rockout ALS, but you know this show in particular this coming Saturday. There's there's lots of stuff out there. Nice. I wish I was in town. I'd be there. But I'm... aren't you going to Conclave? They're gonna no. I'm going put to stuff in the Coover chimney to, again and to drink and play hockey. And... Oh, fantastic! Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a dress tournament. I wish I had a good reason, but that's the reason. That's a good reason. It's, it's, it's a, a great reason. It's, a great, yeah. it's for my sanity. <laughs> Rev, what's going on in your world, man? Um, not really a whole lot, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Uh, just trying not to mow the lawn, to be perfectly. Had <laughs> a boy. Wasn't it dead yet? Mine's kind of at that phase. It, it, it's it's half dead, but that was because the landlord came when we first got there, and he's like, "We're gonna kill all these weeds," and it just killed the front lawn, like part of it. <laughs> like, why we're just gonna use gasoline. <laughs> just lay some cement on there. We're good. Yeah. Well, no, I saw a video of you eating some Uber hot. Oh god. Yeah, man. I, I wanted to be there because I was looking so, at it like, God, that looks good. But, yeah. yeah. So uh, the the in laws, the father in law has a tiki bar. Uh, one of the dens, it, it, the den in his house, it, he just changed it into a tiki bar. So that's why you had uh, lays around your Yeah, neck. I had lays around me, and I was, was wearing a Hawaiian shirt. Uh, and so we were there, and uh, I don't know if it was his neighbor or if he had it, but there was a three-pack. You can get these at Trader Joe's, and they're like the pizza shaker flakes. Yeah. But it was ghost peppers. Um, scorpion peppers and reaper. I watched peppers. him whip up this concoction, and Jesus. yeah, and I wasn't going to do it because I'm like, I don't need this in my life. But uh, the, <laughs> the neighbor was like, oh, I'm doing it. It's great because I'd made some cheese dip, and it's it, it's cheese dip because it's like Velveeta and some other stuff. I put it in a crock pot, and it's just amazing. Because uh, I mean, I made it. Uh, I, I saw the images. Yeah, it it yeah. looked amazing. Oh, and it was great. Rev calls yeah. it the humble stew. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, he doesn't need to be humble. I saw it and was like, man, I really oh. wish I was three feet from that plate. Oh, and it's so easy to make because you just throw everything into uh, uh, into a crock pot. And it just works itself out. And so I was sitting there. I'm like, all right, well, this is interesting. I was watching him just shake all this stuff on there. He's like, it's so good. And I'm like, you're insane. And so he did it. And I'm like... Oh man, this would be a really funny video on yeah. Facebook. Live. Yeah, try it. And so yeah. yeah, so I did it. So I tried. Uh, I tried the ghost peppers, which scale at one million Scoville, which I don't know what that is. I remember from Scoville. Like the, it's yeah, like, it's the, that's it's, a scale. It's the heat index for peppers. I only know that from Man versus I didn't even Food. Know that. Yeah, yeah. So like uh, a jalapeno pepper that. rates at thirty five hundred to five thousand. A ghost pepper is one million. 
So if you can't handle a jalapeno, this is where ghost pepper is. So is it like trying to bite the tip off of a habanero? Where's the habanero fall? Habanero is at something like 50,000 or something. So this thing rates at a million. Yeah. And you, okay, you're still with us, which is exciting. Yeah, and the the bonus on part of these is that they're the flakes. So it's not really... It's not fresh, it's been rendered. Yeah, and it's not as bad. And I'm mixing it with this cheese sauce, so it's going, it's not like like a sauce from like hot wings that's like hanging around in your mouth forever. So I have the ghost peppers, and... Watching the video, like my face goes red and I start sweating immediately. I'm not dying, but I am just. You seemed uncomfortable. Yeah, and my face just <laughs> heats up. And I'm like, all right, well, that was pretty rough. So then I tried the scorpion, which uh, rates at a 1.4 million. Jeez. Do that and courage. Yeah, yeah, it's just the same thing. And I'm like, wow, this <sighs> is this is rough. And but, did you not see this vid? Yes. Oh, okay, you saw it. Okay, yeah. okay. And, and and then I finally go and I hit the. Uh, I hit and it's the, on KSW's Facebook page. If anyone wants oh, to check fantastic. it out, fantastic. Yeah. 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 yeah, you have to watch this. And I then I hit the uh, the uh, Reaper. Uh, which is at like 1.5 million uh, Scoville or whatever, and all of those, and I'm like, oh god, this is rough, and I'm just like, but it's actually really tasty with this cheese sauce. So I decide to mix all three of them that, yeah. together, just pile it on, and it looks so gnarly because it's just coated the entire top of this chip. Eat it, and I'm just sitting there, and it's like. <laughs> <laughs> At one point, I accidentally snorted uh, like a, a flake. Oh, 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 no, no, no. You don't want to let Aaron. No, don't yeah, let and Aaron, that was the man. thing. Because, oh. and that, and that Might as well was, rub your eyes at that point. Oh. I, I well, did. When the, when the oxygen hits yeah. it, when the air hits and it, it. And it's just in your nostrils. I mean, I've snorted pepper before when as like a kid, as a dare, and that was rough. This was just something else entirely. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it just, it was destruction. It was just so bad. And then at one point, I even I rubbed my eyes with the back of my hand, but everyone like was freaking out, and I was like, what was it? Oh, no, 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 I didn't use my fingers right. or anything like that, because they put the fear of God into me, because everyone just started, yeah. like, don't rub your eyes! And I'm like, it's okay, I think I'm gonna be alright. Yeah. Uh, we were there, uh, this happened, I don't know, probably about two or three hours into us hanging out. We were only there for a couple more hours. I destroyed their bathroom. Of course. Yeah. I was waiting for By that time. He unleashed the Reaper. Oh yeah. my God. <laughs> Serves him right. It was so bad. It hurt so it a different type bad. of fire alarm. Oh my God. <laughs> Four <laughs> floors down is not going to help anybody. Was that? When I saw you getting ready to mix the three, I'm thinking, God, I feel so bad for Michelle. Yeah. <laughs> that was, I was really, really, really glad that we killed, uh, like I, I got done with all of that before we, I mean, you know, I did it at the in-laws house, which is pretty terrible. <laughs> killed all their flowers from his Anal fumes. Oh, oh man, I'm just glad they had. That's what a, love is. Yeah, I'm glad they had a fan that lasted a half hour. You could just hit the button and leave the room. Dude, we were all talking. I was talking with Danny from that a new member working on the board on our show, and we were talking about maybe all of us going down to uh, Buffalo Wild Wings and doing a Facebook live video of all of us doing the wing challenge. I'm I, in. I want, need, yeah, I'll let you know I'm what we're in, doing. Man. I, need, I need to redeem myself because back in the day there was, I think, some yeah, we, it was like a TD uh, 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 hangout at the yeah. Buffalo Wild Wings up in Linwood. Yeah, and. And I was like, I'm going to do this challenge. And yep. the problem was, was my line of thought doing it was that I'm going to eat some wings beforehand to um, no. build up a tolerance. And no, because I was like, I was in like three or four well, in and I was full. What is the wing? Define the wing challenge. Because like, I know I used to go to um, 
Wingdome? Uh, Wingdome, yeah. and they had the number seven. Yeah. yeah. And, this and I is got a number seven once, and it was like meeting the man out at Dixie's. That, yes. Yeah. It, it took oh, me the out. Oh, man. I oh, love dude. the man. Oh, man. I had like an endorphin yeah. rush. I was basically stoned for half an hour after that. Like The Blades and Wing Challenge, I think like six wings. Is that the deal? Yeah, it was something like that. Super hot, like kind of like the seven alarm. But you have to eat six of them. Yeah, I it, think it's so. It's like six or seven in six or seven minutes. It's one of those like that. I always get them all mixed up. I think it's six wings, and I don't know but if they, they have are, a set they are time. really hot. Yeah, they're really yeah. hot, and the problem is, is the sauce is it's just like all over your out. face, and it's on your fingers, and your fingers start numbing out, and... What's that? So the Buffalo Wild Wings Blazing Wing Challenge is for twelve dollars. You get a dozen of the chain's chicken wings slathered in their signature oh, blazing sauce at the top end of the heat scale in the Buffalo Wild Wings array of sauces. Okay, so uh, that's eat them all why. in less than six minutes. Uh, complete the challenge and you get a T-shirt. Twelve and your and photo six on the Wall of Fame. Yeah. And so soft- you did you you went for this Rev and didn't? I, yeah, I went for it and I couldn't finish them because I was full of all the other wings I see, that I had. I see. And so yeah, it, it was funny because uh, on the little uh, they have their little buckets that you put the wings in and stuff like that. There's uh-huh. a little fail on it, and I had a failure <laughs> picture. It's Dude, one of my really my buddies bad. did it, and he said the hardest part. Obviously, the heat of the wing was hard, but also the other heat of the wing because they just cooked them. Yeah. So he yeah. was having a hard time eating them because they were just temperature too hot. Right, not spicy hot, but just well, who starts the Clock. Does an employee start the clock? I think oh, so. yeah, yeah. You ask him about it. So we can't like, let him cool off for a minute. I wonder if we did like a whole table and said, look, we don't really care about the challenge part of it. We're just challenging each other. Let's order them. Let's just hang out, have a beer or two. Let them sit, let them cool off. And then film us nuking ourselves. Yeah. I think we could do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm in. I was always like, my hockey team, I, I've been trying to get them to do it. I don't know if we'll ever do it, but I want to get a film crew of like two or three or maybe even four cameramen. And all 11 of us go to the Buffalo Wild Wings. We all do it and like turn it into like this music video because you know visually people are crying, <laughs> drooling. Yeah. And we've had some buddies do it on our team and it's just a S show. It is. Oh, yeah. We, we got to do that. Maybe next week we got to talk about like right. a, a good day to do it. Dude, my butt's already puckering just thinking about it, man. It's just, it's <laughs> my, God. That's funny. Your butt's puckering. My we'll, stomach we'll, is grumbling. We'll bring you some Tux medicated pads, oh, man, man. You know, Like, after doing just those flakes, it... Oh, oh yeah. so did it burn on the way out? Oh, God, yeah. Oh, no. Because I really like... I love... Like, the so wife's growing her jalapenos. Or, we've not had any kind of a summer, but, you know, garden fresh. Mm-hmm. And I, I love... Actually, my mouth's watering like crazy. I love hot. I love spicy. The wife and I will have uh, horseradish wars. We'll sit in bed. Uh-huh. And we prepare each other's cracker with horseradish and feed oh, them to each other. Geez. Yeah, it's... Yeah, Tony and I... The, that's what love is, man. Suffering. I want to know <laughs> what love is. <laughs> Suffering. The, yeah. the worst thing I ever did with horseradish was... Was uh, going to when we went to the steakhouse. Yeah, uh, 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 a bunch of us on the show went to the steakhouse and had steak, and it was. I didn't realize that like nice horseradish is like the shredded. Yeah, like like I didn't realize that's what it was. I thought it was coleslaw. Oh no! Oh dude! Oh. Spoonful, just boop. I've seen somebody do that also. Yeah, I, like yeah. you're talking about seeing God. Because when you inhale, when the air hits it, yeah. that's when, like, if you breathe in through your nose, it's like and pulling it a pin out of a grenade. Oh. It doesn't go away. You're just sitting there, and you're just like, you got to ride it until it's done, and it just doesn't. I'm imagining the brain just totally misfiring as yeah. it, it was expecting coleslaw and got fresh yeah. horseradish. Oh. <laughs> like, the, the level of confusion must have been completely yeah. off the charts. This is my, not right. <laughs> my buddy had something similar happen where he did the same thing because, like, less than quality horseradish looks like mashed potatoes. Yeah. And he thought it was mashed potatoes. Yeah. And did the exact same thing and man, he I'm looked sweating mid- just thinking uh, about but it. But I man. love horseradish on prime rib. Mm. Oh, oh man. Oh, gosh. dude, my, my wife, I think I mentioned that my wife's gotten, she was into cooking 
Then she got really into cooking. And then she got really into cooking and started taking, and she'll wow. make, oh, dude, she's like taking courses and stuff now, but she'll make a prime rib. This is like, no, not prime rib. I'm sorry. Um, tenderloin. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's a big tenderloin. And then she does this horseradish sauce glaze on it with oh, oysster mushrooms so and pan-seared peppers. Jeez, man. It's off the chain, man. Like, that's, like, yeah. that's, like, that's like gourmet. We'll have you guys, we'll do a podcast dinner at my house <laughs> nice. and Tony yeah. will cook. How's that sound? Bring I the mean, microphones. We'll get yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be two hours of us just... This is amazing. No, you, you got, I got to hip you guys at least to her horseradish sauce, her, her yeah. glaze, because it's mm-hmm. you get the flavor and a hint of heat, but it's not fiery. It just sets off you know, everything else you're eating. Dude. Oh, and the flavor is the best. I love the flavor yeah. of horseradish. Dude, yeah. Yeah. That sounds yeah. amazing. That was, that was one of those things when I was a kid I thought I would never eat. Like... That and uh, 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 sauerkraut. How about two o- oysters I, and clams? I still won't eat those now. That's disgusting. Oh, really? No, no, I will never have an oyster Boo. and clams or clam chowder. And that's it. You're cut off. So you're telling me we went out somewhere and I I bought the beer and I bought the oysters. I will pass. I will. <gasps> I'll have revs. I'll have revs share. Yeah. You, can, no you and I have sat and eaten oysters oh, at the so Emerald gross. Queen Casino. Yes, haven't we? we have. Oh, it's so and crab gross. legs. You're just slurping up the nasty. Uh, no, dude, you so just good. take a little Tabasco and throw on there. Oh, well, so good. Or oyster, or horseradish. Sh- oyster shooters, man. They do the uh, tomato juice, horseradish, yep. my mouth's watering, vodka, and a raw oyster, man. Uh, Sean Morrison, our drummer. Um, when he works, he uh, tends bar at Great American Casino or something. I'd roll down there, okay. like, hey man, and I would just have like seven oyster shooters, dude. Ugh. In Tacoma, oh, Rev's like gagging, God. his eyes are water. Oh man, I would just nom them down. They're jo- so good. Johnny's on the dock. They do. Uh, it's not alcohol based, but it's oyster shooters, and it's the same place that makes the Johnny's uh, seasoning. And uh-huh. we would go there in the summer, and oh, I would always man. get just like that, the appetizer. All right, all right. We you can't guys- talk you into trying one. <laughs> no, come on. Have you ever had one? No. Then you That's don't know a, if it's good. You, have yeah. you ever had sushi? Yeah. I'm okay. okay. It's, you like raw fish? I'm okay with raw fish. It's the texture of the it's oyster. It's the texture. It's, oh, like, it's, slurping, it's man. like slurping a loogie. It's just no, you do, nasty. Honestly, okay, if a loogie was shell, delicious, I would have it. <laughs> okay, so off the shell, in fact, but off the shell, I get you with the slimy, but in the oyster shooter, oh. the, the slimy's gone. It's more like, have you ever had like mussels marinara or mussels curry? Yeah. What about- It's what more about, like that mixed with uh, cocktail sauce and vodka. How can you lose? What about breaded oysters? I don't know if I've ever had- Well, is that calamari? No, that's just no. That's squid. Um, Why don't we start with that? Oh, so we're going to work him up to it? Yeah. We'll I, think, I think via a like proper anal. application of liquor, we can get him. <sighs> you guys are going to get me to eat these things. I'm going to try. Well, we're going to try. I'm going to be like Bush we're, in Japan, We're man. popping your oyster cherry. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. You know what, though? I'm going to try it anyway. I'm going to try it if you guys put me up to it. I want to go to New Orleans. I don't want you to do anything you don't enjoy, but I, I, I do. The hope. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a win-win, Duh. man. The hope is that you'd come away from it going... Wow. Like, I remember when I got turned on to sushi, my buddy was like, dude, you don't want, I think it's called sashimi or nigiri, where it's just yep. the raw cuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like, Cannon, man, don't fool around the rolls. This is how you want it. And yep. I'm like, dude, I don't think I can do that. And he's like, brother, will you trust me on this? I'm like, man, I'm not kidding. I don't think I can roll with that. And I think the Boom. first time it was salmon. <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't even, <laughs> no pun intended. Very punny. Um, but, you know, just a little of the, the soy mixed with wasab. And, mm-hmm. dude, now I can't go back. I mean, I'll, I'll eat rolls, but if given my druthers, oh. I will just sit there and order the raw cuts. Or even, I like the one on the, the nigiri on the top of the rice. Yeah, with a yeah. little, oh, yeah, the man. The little wasabi oh, in there. Oh, it's off mm-hmm. the hook. But I was terrified of it because I'm looking at it going, 
that's smoked octopus, man. I'm not putting that in my mouth. And then I didn't know. I was like, all right, you were right. That's really good. I was so scared because I'm like, no, cooked salmon is the way I, to I go. I hear you on texture. I, I hear you on the texture. I completely understand. And that's man. that's and why that, we ease them in with the breaded. I love a lot. <laughs> He's of got a whole bread. plan, dude. Yeah, I, He's I, gonna have a chart and like you know a playbook. Yep. All right, week two, week two, we don't bread them now. Now you just take them cooked. Week three, <laughs> you shuck them. Oh man! Watch, he becomes obsessed with it. I want to go to New Orleans. There's a place in New Orleans that like it's a food challenge. Adam Richmond did it on Man vs. Food. It's a a challenge to see how many oysters you can eat. It's like an all you can eat oysters thing. And it's just, see, I can see that maybe ending in tears. That's too much. That could be bad. <laughs> or an incredible boner. Isn't it like oh, an see, you know, I've heard that, but I don't, I mean, I want to, I'm not even going to. Go ahead. Dude. I don't, I, pfft, dude, I think I'm erect half the time. That's why my brain doesn't work while I'm losing. There's inadequate blood flow, you know? I don't know if there's Glenn, did you change. see that parking meter? Yeah, I was looking at it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just but look at the slot where the coins go. I've had wow. the oyster shooters, like five, six, seven, eight oyster shooters, or I've done their all oysters, and it's never made me want to. Pluke any more than I want to. That's a Frank Zappa joke. Uh, any more than I want to pluke normally. Hello, you know. Frank Zappa line. Oh, in of there. course, man. <laughs> I must have pluked him. Hey, today. Well, we got to figure out the Buffalo Wild Wings one. All right, in we'll the start future. there. We'll start there, and then we'll work our way to the oysters. Well, well, I think they, 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 they might have oysters zone, there, brother. for all we know. They might. Is there anything else that you won't just won't mow on? Not really. Dude, a po' boy sandwich with breaded oysters. Oh. Wait, what's See, a po' boy sandwich? If you just add New Orleans, it's kind of like add bread to it. I mean, yeah, it's like a sandwich with the breaded oysters in it. You could you do shrimp or oysters. Uh, they're I've delicious. Shrimp, oh boys, I'm pretty open minded food wise. I can't imagine eating bugs, but there's a there's a Vietnamese delicacy called I think it's called baloit. If I'm saying uh, that balut? right, baloot. Oh, that's oh, it. Oh, yeah, that it's scares half, me. It's the half duck. Yeah, you want to explain what that is? It's it's an egg that's half hatched. It's developed. Yeah, right. and no. it's disgusting. You're looking at a no. little gelatinous skeleton like, in there, like a little mini fetus uh, inside the egg. I won't eat. I won't eat uh, shrimp, shrimp tails either. I won't eat shrimp tails. I mean, I love shrimp, but I will not eat the tails. I, that no. was one of the things, like, uh, I won't do that. Michelle was just like, oh, yeah, like, I eat them because they've got whatever nutrients. I tried to, and just crunching on no, it. No, I don't like it either. I yeah. was, I I was gagging in my mouth. Yeah. yeah, I'm the same way, dude. And I love shrimp, but I won't I eat the tails. I doing it on my, yeah. on my wedding because it was, like, one of the last events that um, Mark was doing, Harris from Winnipeg was doing with- Harris um, tried the balut. Harris, did he like it? He said it was chewy. Yeah. Mark's That's, tough, man. I mean, yeah. Harris is tough, brother. Oh, well, he was like, hey, man, we're, we, we have to get rid of a bunch of stuff. I'm going to bring some caviar for you to try at your wedding oh, yeah. for when you sign your paperwork. You know, he's like, it's like a $300 can. I'm like, yeah, this sounds amazing. I took a bite. It was disgusting. And then nothing, oh, you didn't dig it? I don't like caviar. Did you smear it on a little, like, little yeah. piece of tin? Didn't dig on it, huh? You know, I, I wasn't grossed out by it. But I was like, I would never have. Was this it again. A, a black caviar? Yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, come to think of it, I've only had the goldish color. Yeah. Um, which I found is just a nice accent to something else. Yeah. But I haven't tried. I would it's a try borderline that. psychology thing. I think like, psychologically, I, I mm-hmm. think it was weird eating it. But also, I just didn't enjoy it. Well, there's a British thing called marmite. I've got a lot of British. My the majority of my my family on my mother's side. Uh, but um, marmite is basically road tar. And it's, it's, you know, at tea time, you take this, it, it is the consistency of road tar. Gross. It's called Marmite. Yeah, it's man. black and you smear it on bread and it's like licking road tar. Ugh. And I, but I'll try anything, but that's one of the things that I don't like. I don't really care for road tar, but Marmite, if you're curious out there and want to get your Brit on, cup of tea and some Marmite. Give that a shot. All this talk about food though. I am getting hungry. Yeah, I'm hungry too. No, why don't we do our voicemails, our emails <laughs> and our text messages and then we'll work our way out of here. Dun, dun. All right. Um, <laughs> let's, start, let's start with the voicemails. Hey, guys. I love your show. I've been listening forever. 
I'm just very frustrated because I feel like we're still living in a world where tattoos are unacceptable. And it's just everyone has tattoos these days. And I had an interview at a corporate corporate job, though, last week, and the people just looked at me like I was nuts. And I'm not covered by any means. I have a few tattoos on my arm and one on the back of my neck. And I just think it's really unfair because my tattoos have nothing at all to do with my ability in the workplace. So just very frustrating. Thanks. She didn't say the one on the neck was a swastika. It was very weird. No, I'm kidding. I had three teardrops, and I don't know why. No, I wouldn't get high. I have the f bomb on my forehead. And Dude, it's funny we were just talking about how Starbucks now is letting people have colored hair, wear weird well, hats. And when I, was, I think we're about a generation away. Like when it's our generation who is in their now 60s and 70s, right. I think the tattoo thing is going to become a non-issue. But that said, if you look at me, I mean, I have this one on my upper arm. Yep. There's two reasons I don't have tattoos. One, I, I can't afford them. Um, I think ink is great, and I've got some artists that I know would hook me up, but I don't have... 300 or 500 or 200 or 85 bucks to spare, brother. That's why I got no ink. Um, The other side of it, too, is with a lot of the work I do now, even working in live sound and and video work and stuff like that, I'm in hotels and stuff where, you know, the long hair and earrings is in a weird way almost bad enough. And if I had ink all over me, there are cats that would be like, well, yeah, it's 2016. And sadly, there's still cats that aren't. I think think we're about a generation away from what's viewed as professional being permanently changed. And I think we need to, rec- I think it's good to know that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, And it's not about like... I, you hey. go over to Microsoft, you'll see dudes with you know green four-foot mohawks. They don't care. The guy's smart, does his job. Who cares? Right. But it's not like that everywhere yet. Dude, there are times where I go on meetings with clients, and until I first meet them, I'll go in wearing a long sleeve shirt. And yep. I, there's a reason why mine uh, don't go past my hand line. But they, they end at the sleeve, at the mm-hmm. wrist. You because, can still pull off a certain thing. So like, I had to meet with like a bunch of people from uh, Phillips Law uh, because you know I wound up doing the endorsements for them. And, and, and I'm like, I don't know how they're going to react to this. Well, it turns out with the guy running, it has a sleeve. Yep. Like, but <laughs> until I got there, you didn't know that, sleeves though. were yeah, down. Yeah. And when I shook his hand, I'm like, oh, okay. Cool. Now yeah. I respect, I, in my eyes, it's show respect to the person. You know, you don't know what they're going to be like. That's right. I don't want them to judge me because of what I have. I Also do, right. Yeah. did that at first when I was going to church, you know, with my wife's church. At first, I was not showing my tattoos. As they got to know me and then knew who I was and made an opinion based on who I am, then it's like, sleeves up. Mm-hmm. Now what are you going to do? Yeah. You're going to change your opinion? Because <laughs> yep. then you're an idiot. You know what I mean? So that's, it's, I think it's, it's important the, to recognize it's that. It's the growth of the world and cultures yep. at whole. I mean, you, you just think of a lot of things that are total commonplace now that were completely unspeakable. Unspeakable and unforgivable 50 years ago. Yeah. It fast forward another 50 and, you know, tattoos. But I, I hear you. I, I agree with everything she's saying 100%. Sadly, yeah. that's still the world we live in. Right. Um, and I think the only thing that changes that, unfortunately, is time. Time and I think us, those that do look weird in the eyes of, like, you know, the corporate America, the tattoos, the piercings, the colored hair, be cool, be respectful. Mm-hmm. And blow their minds by how you are better than what exactly. they thought you were going to be, because that helps change the viewpoint of yeah, you. That as guy a, with the tattoos gave us our best quarter ever, right? You know, that's that, but that's what it's going to take to change those situations now, right? You know, and, and, you know and, and it's unfortunate, but you know, I I enjoy changing the perception of what somebody who didn't. You know, when I so meet someone I. who has a, a perception of a tattooed person being X, Y, and Z, and well, then the they meet me. The long hair and the earrings, man. Yeah. I, I go through it, too, and I love 
shining to the right. point where they're like, oh my goodness, wow, I'm so glad I met you. Thanks so much for all your help. And I know that their initial impression of me was not positive. Damn long hair. That's right. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah and now, next time they meet a damn long hair, they'll probably be more willing to like- No, they'll get one of the bad ones. Yeah. And then <laughs> that, the benefit that person will ruin it. But yeah, that's yeah. right. That that's guy right. steals their wallet and then it's all back downhill. All right. What's that, Jester? So when, uh, I think it was a couple years ago, you actually brought up the same exact thing was blow them away with, with the intelligence part of- and the confidence that you know what you're talking about mm -hmm. if you're going I, about a couple of years ago I went in for my first customer meeting where I work and I made sure I wore long sleeves like yep. I've got a little bit on my arms but I the hair was nice done I took my earrings out yeah. went in and I was confident and I told them I know what I'm talking about I'm now two years into dealing with the same customer and nice. I had no idea he had a sleeve too. Uh, right. See? So yeah, yeah I go yeah, walking man. in now and he, he came up and he asked me where I got my work done at. I was like, all right, so now we can connect on a personal level. Sure. And at, all I had to do was go in and act like I knew what I was talking about. Now I know what I'm talking about and he... That's he understands awesome. that, and he's like, "All right, it's important." Yeah, well, it sounds like you guys both played it in a safe, smart way to begin with. Too, that yep. first impression, like, yeah. "Hey, I'm going to hide the ink until I know yeah, who everyone's I'm dealing hiding with. their right. ink." Yeah. Right. We're all playing each yeah. other. So I went into my interview in a burka. Yeah, well, and see, I deal with I, I I dealt with customers from outside of America, so I was I was a little nervous at that first. Sure, too. sure. So it, yeah, it, it, I mean, it gives that perception of I'm not exactly sure how to start it off, but. Once once you connect with them on a personal level and then you start talking about a little I mean, families or yes. That's all it, we can do. I mean you yeah, gotta just take yeah. it one, one one case at a time and hope that slowly but surely people's opinions do change. No doubt. Let's check out our next voicemail. Megs, what's up, buddy? Oh, Bob Hi. Bob just wanted to call with a little bit of a rant. Uh oh. It's a short and sweet one. My rant is if your first thing you bring up when asking for a raise is I should get a raise because so-and-so makes more than me, then you don't deserve a goddamn raise. Hopefully you never believe that. No. Peace out, brothers. I love it. I love it. Stop yeah. worrying about what other people's worlds are like and just have, worry about yourself. Yeah, have yeah, good reasons it. for yourself. This has nothing to do with what I've earned. My understanding is that Carl with the sandwich is making more money than me. <laughs> and he's eating in the stairwell. Yeah. yeah. This has nothing to do with what I've earned or my own personal merits. Yeah, yeah I'm I dealt with, with you, that. With your 110, brother. I dealt that a lot in my career because, you know, working my way up the chain, working with Andy, working with BD, like people are like, well, you do X, Y, and Z. Why is, I'm sure that person's making more and I always, and people in the office, even and i'm like i don't care i don't worry about that i worry about am i being taken care of to the point where i'm happy with the financial situation yeah, i'm in yeah. then worrying about other people's crap it's no different than nowadays when like you talk about something and they're like well what about that group of people or what about that that stuff infuriates me i mean i'm not trying to get political with the black lives matter thing but when people are like well what about all lives matter it's like ah it's not stop worrying about that stuff like just to me, you got to worry about yourself. You got to worry about whatever the problem is at hand. It's not about disrespecting anybody else. It's just like, you know, I think those things, when we start. Everyone just be cool. Right. Well, <laughs> just we, be cool. Yeah. Like one time I remember we did a moment of silence for the Lakewood Four, the police officers that were killed many years ago. And text line, what about all the military? It's like, oh, if you man. preface anything you're about to say with what about, I don't even want to hear it. Yeah, because it's, it's not a competition. We have all, I don't know, I, I feel like. My mind, my heart, my soul 
can embrace more than one cause. You well, know what I mean? And, and therein it's lies the challenge is if you speak out on behalf of one cause and someone comes along and says, what about? And it's like, hey, man, I, I'm not saying I don't love or believe or, or, or agree with that either. It's just that today I chose to say that, you know, these shoes are very comfortable. I don't dislike boots. Right. God, please calm down. Tomorrow I'll talk about boots. And then the next thing you know, all you're doing is talking about footwear. I don't. I'm very confused. I need to lay down. That's <laughs> absolutely right. Uh, all right, let's get our next voicemail. <laughs> hey, guys. Love the cast. Yeah, Talk no NATO here. Okay. Staying very positive. You guys are a big help to that. Uh, Glenn, you're awesome. Steve, you're awesome. Thanks, brother. Rev, love you. You know you're awesome. Thank you. Uh, love you guys. Uh, things are going positive. Uh, everything's going good, man. Nice. Uh, keep nice. the shows coming. Um, Going to go see Mama Hawk NATO this weekend. All is well, man. We got to get things back on an upbeat. <laughs> bye bye. Oh, I'm glad, nice. glad cool. to hear that. Glad to hear that. Yeah. Uh, he still hasn't emailed me with anything about going to your shows, unless I'm. Brother, if you want to email, if not, no big deal. Right. But that's I know what he mentioned that he wanted to, and he asked about the email. It's themigscast at gmail.com. Just shoot an email. I'll forward it to Glenn cool. and whatever show you're looking Worst to Worst case scenario, I'll just put Hawknado plus one at the door. I'm sure the door <laughs> staff will be like, is that going to be on his driver's license? And I'll have to no. explain. Yeah. The door guy will call me a Titanic douche, and I'll be like, you're a fan of the show. And I'll say, what show? And oh, <laughs> here we go. And then yeah. we don't know who's on first. <laughs> Still don't know who's on first. Right. Uh, we got a text message, and again, 253-271-4787. That's how you can leave a voicemail or a text message from our buddy Stevie. He says, now that Glenn has met Mama Hawknado, he has to feel the wrath of Crazy Sherry. It's oh. only fair. And then Red the Stripper needs to enter his life. Thanks, Stevie. Oh, hook me up with all this. Crazy Sherry, we'll have to call her next week. We're yeah, running yeah, out yeah. of time, but uh, she's... She's she's awesome. She's crazy. She's old. And she's amazing. Sweet. Yeah, she's the best. Um, read the stripper. Sometimes she'll come into the station. She's awesome as well. She's a very intelligent stripper at Little Darlings. She's a potty mouth. Oh, she's got a very yeah. Am I gonna fall in love? Yes. <laughs> you may. Do you think she'll choke me? Yes. She's in. She's um. She's like she's the boot slammer on the, on the main stage. You know, like those kind of girls. Oh, what? What? Right. Yeah, I do know. Yeah, she's that kind of a girl. Huh. Oh, that didn't sound creepy at all. No, I don't, yeah. I don't really Sorry, care. I just, yeah, I'm just remembering. <laughs> but a I'm Vegas tough now. and adventurous. <laughs> she's cool as F, too. Okay. She's, a super, she's a sweetheart with a foul mouth. Um, you know what? We got one more, and then we'll get out of here. Cool. Uh, did you see Paul Simon singing Bridge Over Troubled Water last night oh, at the no. Democratic Convention? Boy, is he missing art. I did not realize... Okay, so here's the original version of the Simon and Garfunkel song, which is Bridge Over Troubled Water. I'm sure you know it, Glenn. I'm sure Windowpane covers it all the time. Um, no, we can't cover those guys now because the dudes in Disturbed have just kind of cornered the market on them. <laughs> right. Oh, man. That song. Here we go. It's a real happy, upbeat song. necessarily my cup of tea but i mean it's beautiful, beautiful and yeah. yeah so paul simon does it i don't know which one sings what but after watching this clip because the guy i tracked it I'm down i'm a big paul simon fan I, I you know i am right i didn't realize though it's very apparent that he wasn't the singer of that song because oh. he's singing it and it doesn't sound nearly as good He's trying. 
I'll give, trying to turn the radio. He's not auto tuning. Oh, I'll, I'll give him credit for points for that. Yeah, this is a little painful. You know our gumfuckle's watching that, going, "Yeah, well, which I think one's Paul better?" Paul Simon, but the word saltine comes to mind. I mean, this is just, you know. This is white folk failing. That's what we're hearing. <laughs> you know? That sounded like me at a karaoke bar trying to say. Yeah, Paul, I'm sorry, buddy. You know, I, I love you, man. But damn. That know? sounded like when my wife's like, no, really. Not a lot of soul in there, brother. You should have hit the whiskey first. My wife know? sometimes, like, when I, I'll, I'll jokingly sing, and obviously I don't have a very good singing voice, but sometimes she'll be like, no, for real. Try and sing. I want to hear what you sound like when you actually do try and sing. That must make you feel nice. Oh, yeah. that's when you, okay. <laughs> and that's what I sound like. Oh. Like that's that's about as good as it'll that's get. What, for me. That's what all the big pop stars sound like. You just auto tune you, and you'll be all. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm on a bowl. It's the it's the talent knob, isn't that? What's the Kanye? That that's his whole thing. He's just in pain. You know. Yeah, guys. You know I love the fish sticks. All right, I think that's everything, man. So a uh, big show this weekend for Window Pane once yeah, again. Yeah, Rock Out ALS. It's a incredible cause that is at Vessel Wines and Ales uh, up in Woodenville. Bunch of great bands. It goes all day, um, and it really is for an incredible, incredible cause. So um, come out and be a part of it. Awesome. Uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. And then if you have a chance, uh, obviously keep an eye out for this uh, Gleason tr- movie. Um, and uh, I think next week. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about the, the whole mix fest thing. Ooh. Oh yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll just leave it at this. What started as a joke is becoming a reality. What started as an egg has become balut. Oh, <laughs> oh, come on! But man. we're gonna let it grow up into a duck before we eat it. <laughs> Let's get out of here. Wow. All oh right. My gosh. Sorry, man. <laughs> Great job again, guys. Yeah. I'm loving this podcast, man. Glenn, you bring so much to the table, man. We love you. Thank you so much for being a part of it. Juster, Megan, so congratulations much. on now being married. Yeah. yeah. Congrats, guys. Couldn't be happier, man. Could oh, not be happier. Five years. Rev. Yeah. Keep eating weird things, my man. <laughs> All right, we're out of here. We'll be back next week. We'll ho- maybe have some information about Migs Fest. Okay, we will. We will. Nice. Yeah. Stay positive, everybody. Thank you. And no white flags for this week. No white no flags. No white flags, man. We gotta stay positive. Calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? Then you're going to want to tune in to the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.